0: fuck is that? You're fucking up my flow. 3, 2,
1: 1. More interruptions. What's that, dude? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nothing. Did you just <laughs> snort?
1: Did yeah. you just snort? Yeah, totally. Man. There will be
0: no snorting on the show. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome back to Just Another Horror Show, episode number 7, uh, the remakes. Who? Oh man, this is this is a, uh, this pits brother against brother, this has uh, started wars. Shirts versus skins, the greases versus the socias, uh, republicans versus the libtards, you name a group, it's split it. We're talking about the remakes. Guys, I'm going to pose a question to the both of you. G, we'll start with you. Remakes. Necessary to the genre? Or are they total cop-outs for people who have no imagination? Go.
2: Total cop-outs for people who have no imagination. Oh, why? Although, I don't know if I would go... I don't know if I would say it that harshly. But, no, I don't think they're necessary. Um, I think probably in a lot of cases it's a cop-out or it's a a jump on the coattails. But um, I just think that... If you're an artist and you're a filmmaker, and you let's say you love the Halloween franchise and you have this idea to to remake Halloween two, why? Just let that inspire you and make a new story.
0: Yeah, Joe, and and what would your take be on this?
2: Okay, I'm kind of split down the middle. Um, up until
1: up until the mid two thousands, I was very against them. Was just They were just pumping trash after trash after trash. None of the remakes held up. As maybe like Friday the 13th, stuff like that. They Okay, they did good job, but they should have left well enough alone. This is always my mentality. It was good, but they should have left it alone. Now, yeah. I read something today with the, like, cause there are several remakes that I do love, and some of them more than the originals. So I read this passage, this quote from the, the director, um, Luca, um, Luca Guer- Guernignino, yeah, um, it
0: sounds about right.
1: The guy, yeah, the guy who directed the new Suspiria, he wrote, um, human art is not about inventing originality. It's about finding a new point of view.
0: Oh, all right, all right.
1: And I read that and I said, you know what, guy's got a good point. Sure. He does have a good point. So, so I mean, some people find a new point of view and screw it up, but it's uh, all good.
0: Yeah. Joe, you know, that's it's it's good that you brought up um Susperia because um amongst us you are our uh, resident um Dario our Argento expert. Uh have you seen the new Suspiria trailer? Uh, si, senor. Uh, uh, thoughts, immediate <laughs> reactions?
1: Uh from I was very scared uh before I watched it. I was afraid, oh God, you know, why would you touch a Masterpiece? Right. Um it looks Amazing! It looks outstanding. It looks like it's pure art, and that's what I want to look for in a film. If you're going to remake a film like Suspiria, or have a revisioning of a film like Suspiria, you go for the artistic point of, of the film.
0: Uh, and, and that's a great and point. This is
1: This is what this man definitely did.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm very I'm surprised to hear that from you because I mean Suspiria, you know, is is really you know uh, romanticized film. You know, Dario Argento is really considered you know like like the Godfather of you know of of those types of films. And uh, and to hear the you, Gialla, say, yes, yeah, of, of the Giallo films. Now, um, I, I want to shoot this question to 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 G casting of Dakota Johnson, a, a bad thing.
2: Uh... I don't get her, and I I feel bad comparing her, but I feel like she's sort of like a Kristen Stewart type of... You know, you kind of always envision her as this character Fifty Shades, that's what I meant to say. Fifty Shades. It does look cool. The trailer does look really cool. Um, So I don't mind that it's her, but she would never be my first choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Joe, do you feel the same Uh, way?
2: No, I actually
1: don't. Um... I, for one, I hated the 50 Seeds movies, but she was fantastic. Um, I did sit down and watch the first two. um, Don't want to know what the hell everybody was raving about. (laughs) Um, I thought thought the guy was an idiot, and I thought she was fantastic. So I can see her playing the role of Daniel. She's a young, pretty girl, and she's got the body for a dancer. Right. So it's... I don't know, and and she's not a bad actress. So yeah, I think
0: I think it'll work. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm pretty encouraged by this. You know, um Dakota Johnson, you know, may not be. You know, you could say whatever you want about her as as an actress, but I mean, she's got a really good supporting cast. I mean, we have uh, Tilda Swinton as uh, Madame Blanc. Uh, Mia Goth is a uh is one of her co stars. Um, uh, Chloe Moretz. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, another outstanding actress. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and you know I don't know why, but somewhere in the marketing, um, they have a uh, Lutz uh, Ebersdorf uh, as like this, you know, real life uh, psycho uh, psychoanalyst that they brought on for the film. And it's actually it's Tilda Swinton yeah. in old. <laughs> it's Tilda Swinton in old man makeup. I mean, it's, it's fucking great. Awesome. I mean, it's subversive, but it's like it's so obvious. Um, Joe, <laughs> it, 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 do you agree that that this cast is is so good that it doesn't really matter what people think of? Uh,
1: honestly, uh, honestly, um, yes. I think with the with the with the force behind the casting that they have, I don't think that I don't think they, that they can fail. No, I really don't.
0: Yeah, I mean this look. I
1: don't think that I. Have the failure is in the future of this film.
0: Yeah, I mean this looks really this looks stunning. And and you know what's funny? You know what I what, what sticks out to me the most about the original Suspiria is the colors. The yes. bright neon okay. lights. I you knew know. you were
1: gonna
0: say that. Yeah, yeah, because I think the first time I saw that with you, that's what stuck out. You know, everything was very all the colors were, were, were bold and the and everything was like meant to enhance those colors. It looks like in the right. remake, everything's very muted, very dank, very brown, very well, gray.
1: That's got a lot to do with how the director wanted to approach this. This is, it's not a remake. From what he says, it's not a remake. It's an homage to the incredible emotional um, emotions when I saw it. Okay. So he's made his version of the film based on the feelings and, 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 and heavy emotions he felt when he first saw the film. It's his favorite film. So, I mean, you know, we're not going to get, if you want a straight-up remake, you know, with the lights and color, then you're just going to get, then just go watch Suspiria, go watch the original. Doing it this way, I think was, uh, I think it was a smart idea. I actually think it was a smart idea. They went more towards the dark side of things, you know what I mean, rather than the Argento style of of glamorizing, which he's done with several of the films, you know, um, Inferno and, and, and others. You know, he brightens them up, uses bright colors, crazy contrasts, and glamorizes, uh, even, even the gore is glamorized, you know, which yeah. is, which is what makes his films what they are. They're, they're, that's what makes them masterpieces because he's the, the only one that did that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we only have the trailer to, to look at, as far as the remake is concerned, but this seems like this is more on, like, the uh, psychological edge of everything, like, really just looks to, like... Fuck with your mind. I, I I don't I'm not sure if they to be high on gore on this one. It really looks like this is just gonna be a fucking creep fest. I'm really, really looking forward to this.
1: Me too. The original um was there to scare you. Yeah. And it sure as hell did. <laughs> <laughs> that movie scary. That, whenever somebody came into my mom's old video store and said, I wanna watch something truly scary I said, Go rent Hysteria, you know? If yeah. you want a really scary movie, if you've seen The Exorcist already, okay, go see Suspiria. That's a, that's a good one to scare you. This one, it looks like it's going to aim more on the psychological end of things, which sometimes could be even scarier, I guess we'll
0: see. Absolutely, and they definitely have the cast to pull it off. I mean, there's, there's no there's, there's no shortage of, of talent.
1: The uh, Jessica Harper, the original Susie Banyan, is that's making an right. appearance in the
0: film. Jessica Harper is uh, playing um, Anka. Do do you know who that is from the original? Uh my mind's
1: shot right now. Not off the top of my head.
0: Well, e- either way, we're gonna find out. That's a really cool um, ode to to the original. To put to put Jessica Harper in there, so it it kind sh- it kind of shows cool. it shows where Guadagnino's uh, head is at <laughs> over there. I I think I think this is gonna be a real treat, folks. You heard it here. Uh, Joe is uh, one of the Argento fans. If he's giving it it's seal. He's gonna go see it. We're gonna go see it, and we suggest you do too. Uh, the trailer is out.
1: I think they. Uh, I think they recently just put out a new a new trailer too.
0: Um. Okay, so I am. I just googled the release date for Suspiria because I didn't trust what was I am on IMDb. Now Wikipedia is always a little. I'm always a little. Um, uh will hold its world premiere at the 75th uh Venice International Film Festival on September 1st, this guy's birthday. Uh it is scheduled to be released in a limited release in what LA. Up? Yeah, LA and New York on October 26th. Okay, that's where I got it wrong. So, limited release. Okay,
1: LA's LA's premiere.
0: We we may get it LA and New York on October 26th before opening wide on uh, opening wide on uh November second, so so we may actually get treated to this uh, earlier than expected. So uh, yeah, well,
1: tell me how it is while I'm sitting here in Georgia.
0: Uh dude, you know <laughs> on, man. We, uh, we we have to see that together, man. We got to see that together.
1: I I would like that.
0: <laughs> so um, we are we 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 just got finished talking about Suspiria, so that film is done. Uh, the the trailer is out. It's generating a lot of excitement. Um, but I wanted to get to a film that really uh, fucked me up as a kid. Um, I'm talking about uh, 1989's uh, Pet Cemetery, And uh, that film has been greenlit. Uh, it is uh, in the production stages. Uh, so far, uh, the film has uh, Lewis Creed. Is cast uh, Jason Clark uh, some of you may know him from uh, zero dark 30 mudbound Everest um, uh, Winchester he's a great actor. yeah Winchester he was you know we didn't G and I didn't finish Winchester but uh, so far he's been pretty good uh, dawn of the yeah. planet of the eight of the of the eight <laughs> uh, great Gatsby <laughs> so he is the new Lewis Creed Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, John Lithgow has been cast as Judd Crandall. Now, nice. Love, yeah, you know, nice. listen. I love Judd Crandall, but but uh, but Fred Gwynn saying, you know, sometimes dead is better. Uh, ah, yeah. uh, so so fucking heavy. He, he you know, what like when he tells the stories about you know like how people yeah. like, dug up their loved ones only to like come back and they're just not right. And uh, Fred Gwynn. The just, of
1: a man's heart, Estonia.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's just. You know, like, I'm having such a tough time with this. I mean, Fred Gwynn was so good. You know, he did such a good job of of shaping, you know, becoming the harbinger of the bad things to happen, you know, to the Creed family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zelda, obviously, you know, is uh, one of the iconic, scary characters of all time. Um, I don't think any character... Thus far, and I'm even talking about Linda Blair herself. I don't think any character has scarred me as much as um, Zelda popping up out of the bed and telling, uh, telling Rachel that Gage and uh, and her are going to come back and they're going to twist their fucking back. And dude, it, it she's Rachel. still Rachel. Oh, she's still the reason no, I, why I, I can't walk into. <laughs> She's still the reason why I can't walk into a dark bedroom alone. Cause some hey, night,
1: you and, you and I were talking the other day, just bullshitting on the phone, and that's we, that was brought up was was Zelda, and if honestly to me, if they can't nail Zelda, the movie's down. I uh... to me, it's, you have to have Zelda right, and and you know if you. Judd is another important role, too. If it's not done right, then it can really take things down. Yeah, I mean... It's very important. Like you said, that's one of the scariest things next to uh, the um, the hooded uh, um, entity in Exorcist 3, and to me, the uh, witch that comes out of the doorway in the original um, uh, um, um, House on Haunted Hill.
0: Good point. I mean, those, those are both right valid there, points. Those... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, those are both... Those are really good references. I mean, those are both valid points. Yeah, I mean, that's really on par. Yeah, yeah. Joe, as, as a matter of fact, um, right after you and I spoke, I went on to the IMDb, and Zelda has been cast by an unknown oh, really? girl. Um, Alyssa Brooke Levine has been cast to do... to play the part of oh. Zelda. And, um... She has an identical twin sister, Amber. There is no career info on her. Um, it looks like Pet Cemetery is going to be the first thing that she does. So she's wow. an unknown.
2: It honestly sounds like a fake name. I think they're just trying to mess with you.
0: Do you think they're going to see G? No, I think yeah? it's
2: going to be a secret. You think it's
0: going to be a secret? I don't
2: know. Really?
1: <laughs> All
0: right. Uh,
2: who knows? Who knows? That's my guess.
1: Uh, to me, honestly, though, it was more I know that Stephen King wasn't very happy with Pet Sematary. Um He's not, happy he's with not very him. happy with most of his movies. Yeah, That, you know, that are made of of his books.
0: He's kind of a pain in the ass. Well, I mean,
1: he's not happy with his book either.
0: No, didn't he say, you know, like, so, didn't he say Pet Sematary was, was one of the scarier ones that he did?
1: One of the scarier and one of his worst. He doesn't like that book.
0: Pet Cemetery,
1: but it's a fan. It's a fan, yeah. But it's a fan favorite, yeah. From what I was reading, something the other day, that King is not a big fan of, of Pet Cemetery. He's the book, so the, his writing. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I guess you know, uh, he, and he's not a fan of when people make his films. Um, yeah. I mean, he of course you know there are a few he raved about, which I guess I believe we're talking about one of them tonight. Right. Um, but uh. And you know what? We'll see what happens. The Pet Cemetery was—I saw that with my grandmother when I was a kid. Scared the crap out of her. I absolutely loved it. Zelda the crap. I grabbed my pants watching her <laughs> um, yeah. and listening to uh, listening to, to, to Cage going around going, "Come on, Daddy, let's play." Yeah. No, that's, no that's fair! Creepy shit, man. Yeah. No fair. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm, this is this is the one that I, that I'm nervous about it. I think because this is the one that really helped scar the shit out of me and really um really did it for me as far as like truly scaring me. I mean horror films it takes a lot to get it to my head hey. and, and to fuck me up.
1: Did they announce who's playing Pascal?
0: No. No. Um they did not. Um there's only a couple of other roles that had been cast and um, yeah, no, no, no. Um, there is no casting yet for 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 Victor Pascal. Um. He was dis, dis, discorporated. Um. Yeah, no, 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 no Pascal yet. That's gonna be that's gonna be fucking interesting, dude. I uh, know. Um, Amy Simetz was was cast as a. As Rachel Creed and Sonia Maria um, Chirilla has been cast as the young Rachel, but um, some of you may know Amy Simetz from um, she was in the uh, Alien Covenant film, um, Upstream Color, uh, Sun Don't Shine. Um, yeah, I, I I'm I'm vaguely familiar with her, so that's that's the only casting so far that has been done. For, uh, for for Pet cemetery okay. so time will tell. There are some still shots so far um, in in production. So uh, if if you if you Google if you scour the interwebs uh, deep enough, you will find um, you, you may find some some pictures um, of uh, John Lithgow as as Judd. Uh, there was an article, so I wanted to. Are there any other films that, that we want? To, oh. Halloween 2018. Guys, uh, Jim, I, 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 I want to start with you. I know this is kind of maybe out of the realm of remakes because... So, uh, Halloween 2018 is coming out. Um, collabo with um, John Carpenter, Blumhouse Productions, Danny McBride is involved. Um, this really... With, with the release of this film, we are uh, we are required to forget everything that has happened... After the original Halloween, nineteen seventy-eight. Fuck it, forget it, yes, throw right. it, throw it out of the, the 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 bowels of your heart, and um and focus on this one. So it's technically maybe not a remake. Again, maybe like another it's point of view.
1: It's just somebody else, right? Sorry. It's, keep saying technically maybe, all right? It's not a damn remake. <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean, definitely.
0: <laughs> I mean, but there were so many, there are so many installments into the Halloween. I'm burping here. <laughs> well see they
1: did this they did this a while back. Um part six we had Jamie Lee Curtis again when she first appeared again. Yeah. Um uh, uh what's this fuck is in it? Uh that young teen heartthrob at the time he went on to
0: do thirty uh, days
1: at night. Josh Hartnett,
0: Josh Hartnett,
1: Um yeah, the H two O, that's what it was, H two O. Um at, at that point they were spo- it was supposed to cancel out after part two, I think. Right. But, I think this time, I, I I feel this time, they may have done it right. <laughs> uh, the I, stuff I'm reading and what I'm seeing, I think they may have done it right.
0: I think so, too. Uh, G and I checked out the uh, the trailer. G, thoughts so far? Yay? Nay? Fuck off? This is good?
2: No, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. Um, again, like, this is not a remake. They're just kind of, like, inserting their a version reset. of the story... Reset,
0: right. right? A redo. Right? Sure.
2: Going off in a different direction after the first
0: one. Although it's I do a have to say... City. And they did bring back Nick Castle, right? As, As, yes. uh, as the sheep yes, slash yes, Michael Myers. That's, yes.
1: That's, the original Michael Myers and the original uh, Jamie Lee
0: Curtis. I do have to say, dude, <laughs> Halloween 2. The ori- you know, the original Halloween 2. I mean, technically this isn't Halloween 2. I don't know. But Halloween <laughs> 2 in the hospital, man. I fucking love that film.
1: I love part 2. Yeah. Um I could do I could do without all the rest even though I like 4 and 5. I, I could like do without all the rest. Yeah. I don't my I don't mind skipping over those. I think they should have kept part 2, but I'm okay with what they're doing. Well, yeah. let, let's see how it turns out, you know. Yeah.
2: I just I just had another thought about our discussion about um you know, whether whether remakes are cop outs or not, but now that we're talking about a franchise like Halloween, where like thinking back, when I was when I was younger, when I started like really watching a lot of movies and getting interested in stuff, Halloween, not H two O, I think the one before that was like my generation's Halloween. Okay. Halloween Five. So maybe, like every generation okay. needs, needs a reinvention of like the classic horror movies because otherwise it might peter out
1: listen no you've got a good point listen uh invasion of the body snatchers is um to, to get to like what gina was saying when we were growing up when we were kids that yeah that was a remake that we watched for our time right yeah no that's you that's know? totally fair and then, you know, you, you, went, you went another generation after Us came, a shitty remake like that, Psycho, with Vince Vaughn. You know what I mean? That was like the next generation after Us. But, yeah you know, a lot of them were crap. You know, Gina happened to be in a generation to call some good ones.
0: Sure, yeah, um, absolutely. And it
1: seems like the newest generation is, is catching some really good ones, honestly.
0: Uh, to all of our listeners, Joe, this is kind of funny. Gina and I actually had an argument in the car today. To which I was, I was bitching like a little bitch about um, us not having enough content. And I'm like, well, you know, we only have 10 films. We're going to talk right through them. Okay, we haven't even gotten to the list. We're half an hour into the show. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting here feasting on my words and, and on my bitch acidness. Um, you know, Joe, Joe it's... I appreciate it's, that. Yeah, yeah so, so gee, I, I thoroughly apologize up and down. <laughs> Um, we are content as fuck. Hey,
1: um,
0: Joe, it's it's funny. I'm glad you touched upon this generational aspect of the remakes. Because um, this is going to go along the lines with Invaders from Mars. And Invasion of the Body Snatchers was... The original was made in, I believe, 1956... And, 56, yes. and and in fifty and fifty six, I believe, like the fifties, even into the sixties, you know, there was the whole era of of, uh, of McCarthyism, right, where um, yeah. politicians, you know, I don't know, uh, socialites, uh, power brokers, actors, directors, you know, you name it, anybody who was uh, prominent in society was basically being called out by by uh, Joe McCarthy. And they were labeled as, like, you know, commie conspirators and, you know, double agents and spies for the USSR. And then, you know, you start to see films like Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Invaders from Mars come out. You know, where, like, people may not be who they want other people to think they are. And it creates this whole vibe of of paranoia and doubt. So, in, in the 50s, that's what those films, I think... Took the meaning of, you know, in the '80s, you know, it, they they took on a much more sci-fi vibe.
1: I love that you bring up uh, the paranoia point. Is who started that H.G. Wells?
0: Yeah,
1: H.G. Wells did a live broadcast on the radio announcing that that, that we were getting invaded by aliens, and people thought it was a
0: real broadcast, and pe- there was panic in the streets. Yeah, no, that was uh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles. Yeah,
1: sorry. But there was there was there was attempted suicide. There was it was just craziness, you know, and that shows the state of mind back then, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. And in, in, in the eighties, you know, they they were really people felt comfortable now with the sci-fi aspect, right? You had you know EET came out, of course, on the lighter on the lighter side. You had. Um, you know, you had Close Encounters, but all of these films kind of were remade to fit within that vein of like, you know, look to the stars kind of sci-fi, you know, big, yep. big imagination, big budget movie. And 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 those are the films that I love. And some of those are mentioned in our list. So without further ado, uh, I want to start to get into the list that we have prepared. Ten films um, to some degree. Uh, they are some of our favorite uh, remakes, and I wanted to start. And now these aren't real, no particular order because what I may think is the worst of these, G may think is the best. So, in in uh, in in the uh, vein of in the spirit of fairness, this is like the uh, equivalent of everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> so, actually, you know, b- b- before we touch on the list, uh, Disney. What's up, Disney? Like, since when you guys become such fucking uh, carnivores? There, it looks like Disney Disney is gonna be biting into the whole uh, Fox uh, Fox thing. And Joe, you're mentioning all of the aspects yeah. uh, affected by this. You wanna enlighten us there?
1: Yeah, I'm, i You know, I've got concerns and and worries that, that are we gonna lose what are starting out to be as franchises, film wise, like Deadpool stuff like that. But are, uh, is it going to hit us television wise too? Are we going to lose stuff like Family Guy, American Dad, very politically incorrect stuff? Yeah, you know, and and they, they rip on Fox. I mean, they rip on their own, you know, production company. <laughs> um, are, are we going to lose a lot of things that, that we've had for so long, and a lot of us hold, you know, near and dear, to, you know, and to our hearts, and we love them, we grew up with them, you know, and. They're, they're a staple point of our lives. It's I, I, you know I mean Deadpool is not Deadpool in a thing, but they're still great. They shouldn't have to you know be cut off because some fucking cocksuckers from Disney because they want everything to be to be happy and family friendly. Go fuck. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, there, you're right. because I mean, like are we are we gonna lose a are we gonna lose a lot of shit that that is important to us and the stuff stuff that we love stuff that we want to see go further. Are we gonna lose it?
0: And a lot of franchises are are, are going to be affected, um, but it seems like Blumhouse may be coming to the rescue on this.
1: Blumhouse is, it seems like is going to come to the rescue on a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah. and A twenty four, A
1: twenty four is going to come to the rescue on a lot of stuff too.
0: Ah, yeah. They
1: they put out Hereditary. They they do. I'm surprised that Suspiria is not on that list. Um, they put out a lot of the more more. I, I want to say more intelligent and. Um, Artistic films. A twenty four basically has never failed, <laughs> but Blumhouse no, so is good for that. Blumhouse is good for that, though. They'll. I'm pretty sure that they'll pick up on the slack. You know.
0: I think. Yeah. Uh, I think Disney's loss is going to be another film studios, and you know, maybe an up and coming film studios. You know, one man's trash, another man's potpourri, You know, quote the fucking Grinch. Oh uh, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, so. Yeah. Well, the one plus is, the one plus is that I did read that. Um, Anything that was that was already cited for um, pre-production or or is they're they're letting them finish. So any movies that were already that are already in pre-production, all all this shit, they are letting all those films be be finished. So I mean, I'm sure we got, I'm sure we have plenty before the takeover.
0: I'm looking at MovieWeb.com and there was an article that we found regarding what's going on there. And it's basically about you know Blumhouse picking up the slack, and it looked like you know. Jason Blum and Blumhouse were uh, looking not only at Alien, but they were looking at a Friday the Thirteenth reboot. Yes, um, yes, yes. Scream, uh, The Crow. The Crow is a film that I would like to see remade because they never got to finish that film with Jason Lee. You know, like they kind right, of CG his passing, yeah. yeah. They tried, you know, they CG'd his face a little bit. I, I, I kind of want to see a Crow franchise reinvented that has. A single actor playing The Crow that goes through the gamut of, say, four, five, see, me, six films.
1: Maybe I can enjoy that because I'm not a fan of The Crow. Maybe I can enjoy a, a, a reboot of it. Yeah. And keep it, like you said, keeping one actor through the franchise.
0: Yeah, and then you get to see, you know, you get to see continuity, you know, you get to see growth, you get to see um, character development and, and things like that. So. yeah. <laughs> Um, that's, uh, I think that's another point for, for the pros of, of remakes, right? And, and seeing films from, um, someone else's point of view.
1: Honestly, dude, I'd like to see Scream redone because God, I hate Scream.
0: Oh, I really? I Scream. Uh, gee, this is, this is your I real house. Come on, you gotta fight for it.
1: I love I Scream. I hate, oh. Why? You know, I own every horror pop figure and all these toys. The only ones I refuse to buy. Oh, the Crow and ghost Face. You ah. hate
2: him that much? You hate that
1: movie? I hate, I hate it. With Why? A passion. I saw it in the theater and I walked out and wanted to puke. <laughs> How come? I, I don't know. Don't, you know, because that was, honestly, I knew things were going downhill uh, for Wes Craven after Sting. and And I was right. It was the beginning of the teeny Bopper movement.
2: Yeah, I guess that's kind of true. But it was like any of
1: the teeny bopper movement it started the now I know what you did last summer, and uh the the even the teeny bopper version or of some of the remakes, like like House of Wax and all these look at this screen started all that
2: yeah and it, <laughs> I knew <laughs> and I knew it
1: was coming
0: I have to say though i mean i i i tend to agree that you know that those films tend tended to spark a uh a a movement that really wasn't favorable to horror but scream is a fucking fun movie right I mean,
2: it's just like fun it's it's goofy enough and like they, they've yeah, they created such a
1: what's the word i'm looking for they
2: basically
1: all right they pussy down horror enough for everyone to like it right. no if you, you're west craven okay you're one of the kings of horror why would you do this why wouldn't you make a horror movie for horror fans? I know people say, "Oh, but it's moving on," and uh, you know, it, you know, all this stuff. It's maturing as a director. No, it's not maturing. He basically, it, it seemed, when I saw it, it felt like he took ten steps back.
0: You know, yeah. what? I think I, I think sometimes filmmakers make films so they can if if those films make enough money. And I think this is along the lines of of the remake argument. If if a filmmaker makes a film that makes enough money, film houses it'll be will be more willing to greenlight other projects. Not like Wes Craven ever fucking needed that because he's. Despite his spat of bad films, yeah. um, well, he's he's still alive. We do it know.
2: It's just know. a fun, silly project to do. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's Yeah, just, we do. Maybe it's a little bit of a commentary on horror movies anyway, which it it sort of yeah, well, is. You know, these kids you are you like obsessed yeah. with movies and,
0: and. And you know what? And, and is, since yeah. since Pennywise, we haven't really seen. I maybe Art the Clown coming up, but we haven't seen a more iconic character yet. You know, along the lines of Freddy, Jason, you know, now we have, you know, now we have Ghostface. I mean, you say what you want about...
1: Ghostface was, no, it was definitely, he definitely took off, which it, it was, I got to give it that. It was nice to see a newer horror character become another yeah. horror icon. We don't get it much.
0: Yeah, and look, you know, you, sometimes you can't help. It's the same thing with vampires, right? And when the same way with vampires, and went the same way with zombies. Once one thing takes off, once your scream takes off, you get five hundred different installments, and and you know one is equally as watered down as the next. I think that's just a natural progression, you know.
1: Although I gotta talk. can I can I just throw one last thing in?
0: Yeah, because then we gotta get to the list. Li- you, know, you guys are killing me. I'm so I, go ahead.
1: I liked Scream Four because it was about remakes. <laughs>
0: Oh really? Oh, we should have we should have touched on that I, one, but I I, I think I, I tuned out at three. I think
1: it was four. I think it was four. I don't know if there's a five. I think it was four, but it It, it was about remakes instead of the original horror movies. I I really enjoyed that. Thought that was funny as hell. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: I, I don't think I ever saw it. I was was Jamie uh was Jamie Kennedy in all of those?
1: Dude, I'll tell you the truth. I don't remember who no, was in remember. it. I just remember it actually enjoying a screen movie for the first time. Yeah, right. I, uh, I think it was four. I don't know if there's a five. If It was the last one they did.
0: Light that dude. Pour that coffee. Pour that wine. Sit back. Relax. Smoke them if you got them. Because here it is. Here's uh, number 10. Joe, I, I dude, I... I Man, this is—I feel like I'm betraying you with this one, but uh, I got to stand up for this. I feel like I may be jeopardizing all of the years of friendship you and I have built together since 1999. But number ten, number ten on our list, dude. I got to tell you, man, I really fucking like the Dawn of the Dead remake. I know the abomination. You know something, Zack Snyder and James Gunn, I think, did. Well, to avoid a shot-for-shot recreation of the original. Because there was no fucking way you're coming anywhere near the magic, the importance of what George Romero had set out in making the original and not trying to replicate what the original meant to people. And they stood far, far away from the original in basically everything. Look, these films are virtually, they're generations apart. Right. No,
1: that um, they did. That
0: they did. Obviously, you know, uh, the remake was done in two thousand four. Of course, written by George Romero, directed by Zack Snyder. This obviously yeah. is void of the message that uh, the original Dawn of the Dead carried with it. You know, of course, consumerism kills. Consumerism. Right. Yeah. It was the original was a very slow, plotting. I guess commentary on humanity, right, and how we deal with uh, how how the world ends and what you know what society has ingrained in us to do. You know, when we're feeling down, we shop. When we're avoiding an apocalypse, we shop. Right? The remake. What I liked about it was that it, it avoided all that. It said, "Look, we're strictly going to be a fast-moving zombie shooter popcorn flick," and I don't have a problem with that. And I can understand the argument that people posed is saying, hey, look, call this, call this whatever you want. Just don't call it Dawn of the Dead. And uh, you know what? Okay, I mean, I, the reality is they did call it that. But I got to tell you something. It doesn't make it any less a, a, of a fun film. I really... I got to tell you, I, I, out of a, a lot of the films on this list, I've probably seen this the most. And I don't think they meant any disrespect to the original. I, I, I think... Tempers got flared with this one because the original means so much to so many people, myself included. Joe, first time I saw this man, I think you and I had just became friends, and I saw this over your house. You know, I, mean, I had seen it once with my with you know a couple of times with my father, but you know this this film actually to me represents the beginning of our friendship. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It it means it it means a great deal. But I got to tell you something. I think the remake was was a fun film and I know there's beef with uh you know the running zombies but I like this one. Does does, does anybody have uh ha- have their own uh, opinions before we kind of dig into the meat of this a little bit?
2: Well, it kind of goes back to the conversation we were having earlier. Like you said, w- why wouldn't they make this a different movie? Call it something different. If they stayed so far away from the original as not to, you know, tarnish what it means to their fan to its fans why make this movie that is the remake and call it dawn of the dead why didn't they just call it something else um well
1: they put they put them in a shopping mall so (laughs) right (laughs) that right there is Dawn of the
2: dead well but that's what i mean if that's like one of the only things that they they could have taken the shopping mall out
1: and it would have been a completely different movie okay yeah i mean i I
0: mean fair enough i mean like i said it, it it's definitely not Shot for shot, I mean, there are some odes to the original. Joe, do you remember the time you and I went to the Night Dawn Day reunion? And we met... Galen Ross? When we met Galen Ross? We told
1: Galen uh, that 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 was pretty cool that they named the store after you. And she said they did.
2: (laughs) She had no idea. She was like, I had had no no clue. Oh, man.
0: (laughs) So, So after Joe and I got off the line... I was like, dude, I was like, I think we just got Zack Snyder and fucking Strike Films in a lot of trouble. I was like, I bet she's going to leave here. She's going to be on the phone with her agent, and they're yeah. all fucked.
1: Not, not just that, but if, I don't know if you recall, she didn't like it either. I,
0: I, I didn't know that. I, I know this had ruffled a lot of feathers. I
1: remember, I remember telling her I didn't like the movie, and she said, I'm not a big fan either.
0: <laughs> Joe, do you remember when you and I saw this premiere night? Mm-hmm. The crowd reaction to that beginning scene, you know, where, uh, Sarah comes home from her, from her rounds and, uh, and her husband, yeah, I mean, you know, the husband is bit by, by the little girl, the neighbor, and his home goes, goes totally shit house. That
1: opening scene, I thought, uh, you know, to me, I was like, all right, that was, that was pretty damn cool. That's promise. And then I don't know. It, to me, it just got, it got silly. I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional. I don't know. I didn't read into it because I didn't care to. It got silly. You have got a muscle man frigging zombie that picks up that tank and throws it, and then <laughs> you got, I mean, never mind the running zombies because that became a thing anyway. And some of those movies are phenomenal, like Twenty Eight Weeks Later and stuff. Uh, the, the baby born a zombie, you know.
0: Oh yeah, was, I mean that was no, that's the worst. You know that that had the potential to <laughs> single-handedly sink that film and and this is coming from someone who likes to film. But if you have a fan who's kind of on the fence, that scene alone can fucking just take that person from like, okay, this is an okay to movie to be like that's total dog shit and I'll never watch this again. Yeah. That was that's a poor choice of a scene to me.
1: It was. And you're it's coming from two know you like really it. talented people. Zack Snyder and James Gunn are extremely talented and they've done a lot of good work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this
1: movie not only is a remake of what what is possibly the greatest zombie film ever made, but as a movie in general, this came from these two guys. Right. I wouldn't expected to uh, honestly to watch. I even as a regular movie, take the mall thing, take the Dawn of the Dead thing out for me. I wouldn't have enjoyed it anyway. No. Because it was just it was lame. It, yeah. To me, you know, that's my opinion. Of course, oh, but it I mean, was a at least, lame yeah. Movie. yeah, it was a fast-paced movie, which is great. It keeps you going, keeps your mind focused. But the story that they put together was lame. The, the The scenes, several scenes that shot that that they made into big scenes were lame. Such as the baby scene, they made that a whole big scene. It was yeah. lame. Um, and then they threw just a lot of lot a lot of small stupidity sequences in throughout the movie it's just like come on you know i felt like i want to enjoy myself watching this movie but i just i can't get i can't get into it the whole thing with them talking to him across the roots yeah i really i enjoyed that yeah that's what i like about the whole movie <laughs> i love i love most the relationship that bing rams and that guy had
0: andy the gun shop owner
1: andy yeah um when you found out andy was dead you know I, I was actually upset about that.
0: You know that—that's the only part of the
1: movie that actually you know brought me in. Yeah, the, I rest, mean, of, the rest of the movie ruined it. I I don't know. I don't know. You know,
0: I, I um the the first time we saw this, I didn't I didn't really care for it too much. And I actually uh, I remember being home. I was off from school and I had nothing to do that day. And I was like, you know, what? I was gonna, I'm gonna go see Dawn of the Dead again. I saw so it by myself. <laughs> Got a bucket of popcorn and soda, and I chilled out, and I watched this film, and I ended up liking it a lot. Hey, look, you know, I think it boasts a really good cast. I mean, you have Mackay Pfeiffer, Ving Rames, Sarah Polley, uh Jake Webber, oh, yeah. yeah, from, from yeah. Homeland and Blacklist, uh, Ty Burrell from Modern Family, uh, Michael Kelly from uh, Black Mirror and House of Cards. I mean, I thought they worked well together. Ty Burrell was believable as the asshole. Ving Rhames is the, is the hero cop. You know, Mackay um, Pfeiffer is kind of looking for his moment of redemption. You know, it kind of seems like he's been living like a life of crime, but like, you know, he's, he kind of has like this, you know, he has a family now, a young family, and he's trying to figure out what, what all this means and what his what his place is in the world. And look, you know, it's uh, obviously it's not going to win any fucking Oscars. See,
1: I, guess, I, I don't agree with you there. I well, don't agree with you. I think that the phenomenal casting... Yeah, and I don't think that the the characters work well together. What?
0: Uh, I thought that it, no, um, uh, what? Uh, what? What made you think? Did you think like there was just no chemistry?
1: There was none. I I saw no no real chemistry. Um, the actually the only character I really bought into, and I bought that the others really hated him, and and the dislike and all this mm-hmm. was the oh, what's his name? The security guard who took control of the place.
0: Yeah, that was uh, uh Michael Kelly. uh Michael Kelly's oh, yeah, character. yeah. yeah.
1: Their, their relationship with him. I bought that one. Yeah. And Bing Reams with the
0: guy Andy. Yeah, I mean, he had character development. I, f- I forgot Michael Kelly's uh, character's name. But yeah, I mean, he kind of went from like like this shit heel right? Authoritarian who was like, you know, putting them in, you know, fucking locking them in, you know, fake bedrooms and stuff like that. And then he, yeah. he kind of turned into the hero, you know? Yeah. But, but, you're, but you know something, too? I love the action scenes the zombies are super fast, you know so it creates kind of like this urgency for the characters to uh to get away. I like the scene in the tunnel you know after they go to andy and, you know they 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 kill andy to um to rescue the girl and you know they're like running backwards and uh michael kelly is dragging the that one dude you know they're running backwards and he's fucking firing away you know double fisted guns <laughs> stuff like that i i like i, I think they kind of like they kind of overused the the bullet hitting the floor by the feet, shot too much. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, um, having, you know, Ving rings push a guy out of the way so he could fucking kick his army through the door. But, <laughs> but you know what? I um d- Despite that, I think this movie has... If if you could ignore the fact that it was born out of the original, you know, it was an attempt to remake The Dawn of the Dead. If you could... If you're a purist for that film... If you could put that out of your head, I think this is a fun movie. But, you know, if you're somebody like Joe, who just, it doesn't fucking matter, like what, no matter what you do, like, it, the film's not going to resonate. And Joe's not alone. Joe's not alone. So, I, uh, <laughs> that's totally fine. Uh, let me, let me I liked it, it. Let
1: me put it, let me put it this way. I bought a sticker, a bumper sticker, from George
0: Romero. <laughs> I remember that sticker. Okay,
1: that's That says "fast zombies suck, slow zombies rule."
0: Yeah. Okay, so he obviously did not like the movie. No, 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 no. He, 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 he didn't. No. And hey, you know what? And and that's okay. You know, uh, that's okay. But uh, that is number. (laughs) That's number ten on our list. And at number nine, we have Invaders from Mars, the 1986 film. Uh, Directed by the late, great, and uh, dearly missed Toby Hooper, uh, based on the screenplay by Richard Blake. Of course, we know Toby Hooper from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One of our favorites, Toolbox Murders, Joe. Love it. Um, Actually, and that is widely believed to be the last great film made by Toby Hooper. I don't remember. I
1: can go with that, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, all right. But I gotta tell you something, 80s sci-fi, I fucking love this film. You, G, don't agree with me. I I know. (laughs) I know you really, really liked uh, the original. What was it about the original that you liked so much?
2: It's just so campy and I don't want to say simple because it's like, I don't know, but like just uncomplicated, no like real crazy effects and whatever effects they had were practical and they kind of just... Did the best they could with what they had, but it's just so like campy and so stereotypically like '50s or '60s, and uh, I just thought it was fun. And I just think that the remake doesn't have that nice charm to it.
0: And and again, the original uh, Invaders from Mars done in in, uh, in in 1953, and I feel like you know we had another film where it was like, this could have meant something else back then. You know, like your friends, your neighbors, your mother, your father, your loved ones, kind of go to this place, and something happens to them, and they don't come back the same. But it kind of, sort of, looks like them. This film was pretty funny. This was kind of a slap fest when we first started watching this film. Like, Dave's...
2: Oh yeah, each other in the face.
0: Dave's parents are like... His father loves like slapping the shit out of his wife. Yeah, so so we have a uh, Leif Erickson as uh, Mister George McLean, and uh, Hillary Blo- uh, Hillary Brooke as uh, his, as his wife, Mrs. Mary McLean, and uh, a spacecraft lands. Uh, Jimmy Hunt, who is a little boy at the time, plays David McLean uh, out of his bedroom window over the hills. Sees this spacecraft land, and um and his father goes out to check it out and his father comes back not quite the same guy and you know it was interesting i was actually i was going through imdb trivia today and and they were saying that if if you watch you know if you watch the camera angles it's kind of shot from the view of 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 a kid and the way that the adults engage with him is like they kind of engage with him as if he were an adult and it kind of gives the feel that Maybe this whole the way this whole scenario' is playing out is it's through the the imagination and the dream of a child and when 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 David wakes up right he's a, it kind of seems like a dream, but then it starts all over again obviously i mean the, the original is fun for for a lot of reasons it's black and white there's such a charm to to the to, to the black and white films but i have to say uh g i have to kind of diverge from you with this one i got to give this one to the remake um jimmy hunt who plays little uh david mclean actually uh reprises his role in the remake and there's a ton of odes to the original um there's there's props from the original movie that kind of appear at certain points in the background like i said uh karen black is, is in this she plays um uh Linda Magnuson and Hunter Carson plays uh David Gardner the little boy. Karen Black and Hunter Carson are real life mother and son. And hmm. uh yeah, uh we had Lorraine uh excuse me, no, Karen Black is not his mother. I, I apologize. Uh Lorraine Newman from um SNL Fame. Uh she was one of the original uh Coneheads and she actually does her her Conehead voice in the remake as uh as uh <laughs> David Gardner's uh, parents. And um, yeah, Jimmy Hunt replies his role as the uh, police chief. And at one point in the remake, uh, when they get to the top of the hill to investigate the uh, the alien sighting, he says, I can't, like, it's something to like the effect of, like, I feel like I've been here before, which is great. I mean, that's classic, like, fucking Toby Hooper kind of, like, let me sneak this in and fuck with you guys. James Karen of Return to the Living Dead, Return to the Living Dead, to fame is is in this and he is a uh, general uh Clement Wilson and his desperate cries to like for his you know his marines to charge it's an updated version of it right it, it, you don't have like the fuzzy green jumpsuits that kind of look like my grandmother's couch you know like <laughs> like running around the effects are more updated kind of like you know like the in Toby Hooper's some they it is actually like it was like a little person on top of, like, two other people and, like, the little person, like, manned the top of the costume and things. And, like, you could go out to the IMDb and <laughs> it's got, like, chock full of, like, cool trivia and shit like that. I'm not going to rifle off do not of seen I haven't seen uh, either
1: film in a very long time, but the remake, weren't they, like, almost pod-shaped?
0: They were almost pod-shaped, yeah. They almost had, like, a...
1: Okay.
0: I, I feel like they almost had, like a like, a dark crystal kind of feel. To them like like the way yeah, like they yeah. kind of like ramble you know like like the way they kind of like ambled along and like you know I uh, re
1: i remember really enjoying the movie i remember i enjoyed them both, but I remember really enjoying the uh the remake when it when it was around when it came out
0: yeah the uh, the remake was a lot oh, of fun I can't
1: really say much, I can't really say much, it's been so long, but I enjoyed it,
0: yeah, um, you know what it is i I love eighty sci fi you know what I mean, like yes. like like last Starfighter, and you know even E. T. E. T. was one of my favorites, and Close Encounters, and like I feel like I can't talk about eighties sci fi without mentioning Invaders from Mars. You know, critters. You know, you even even add those in there, and this is such a fun piece of of my childhood. I know probably by this point it's a pretty obscure film, but it means a lot to me. So I kind of wanted to uh, I kind of wanted to add it to the list here. It makes sense. Yeah, so we got Invaders from Mars out of the way, um, along the lines of 80s sci-fi. Uh, I wanted to yep. uh, mention next, at number eight, is this? Uh, the Blob. The Blob. The Blob. The Blob. <laughs> so, of course, we're talking about the uh, 1988 remake uh, with uh, Kevin Dillon and Shawnee Smith from uh, Saw fame.
1: Amanda's
0: that woman age well. Yeah, she she's so she is, she is looking fantastic, yeah. Time has, so time has been... Uh, uh, the Saw franchise has kept her uh, very youthful. Uh, this is another one of those films... That, uh, shit, I'm starting to probably like really sound repetitive, but uh, uh, my dad and I take these uh, summer trips uh, upstate New York, because that's where I used to work, at the track. And uh, one night we hopped into the movie theater, and we saw The Blob. For some reason, The Blob is such a fun film to me. I thought the effects an were movie. look, it's just it's just it's a film about a meteor that crashes down in a town in Colorado and it's it's like this pink gelatinous thing that like lashes itself onto this old man's hand and he gets brought into town by um by Brian Flagg, played by Kevin Dillon, who was like the town bad boy and like the town fuck up.
1: And so much better than his brother. I'm sorry, he's better than his brother.
0: Not a Matt Dillon fan, Joe? I
1: like Matt Dillon,
0: but Kevin Dillon's so much cooler. Kevin Dillon is 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 pretty cool. I mean, he he rocked shit out in this film. I thought I thought he yeah, did the, yeah. I thought he did the bad boy thing rather well. And you know, I don't want to do too many comparisons to the original because I I kind of feel like you're like comparing apples and anvils. You know what I mean? Like these films are made yeah. generations apart. Special effects have come so long one of the things that kills me first of all you can't talk about the original without mentioning the fact that Steve McQueen is in it and Steve uh, McQueen is fucking awesome yeah. and everything but there's a particularly oh, funny yeah. scene where uh, Steve McQueen and his and his friends who are like you know like they're like car racers and then they're like they're the town bad boys and they're breaking the balls of yeah. like the local sheriff And, you know, and and the sheriff is like, you know, you crazy kids better not be, like, racing your cars in town square and stuff like that. And, you know, like, once they start to encounter the blob and, like, weird shit goes on and they try to, like, um, alert the town that, like, shit's going down. Right, they end up in the police station, and there's a point where the guy who plays Steve McQueen's father is like, All right, son, time to come home, and you know, this whole thing will blow over. Fucking first of all, Steve McQueen is 28 when they film this, and like they're trying to like pass him off like a 16 year old kid. <laughs> it's great, you know? You Fucking guys like fall through puberty, almost 30 years old. He's like, Come on, sir.
1: <laughs> you want to talk about, you want to talk about, like, you know, cool, like, something cool about the blob? Mm. See if there's, uh, there's two things that I found out about the blob a while back that I don't know if you guys know. Okay. But first of all, do you know who the artist Chet Zar is? Hmm.
0: Chet Zar?
1: Yes, Chet Zar. Um, it's Chet Zar. He designed amazing. all the creatures from uh, Hellboy 2. Oh,
0: okay. All right. I'm, I'm okay, like. Okay,
1: well, he, he was the effects key painter, the effects key sculptor, and the effects assistant. And soldier number two in the sewer is Bill Mosley.
0: That's right. Bill Mosley. Forgot about yep. that. That is right. Yeah,
1: good for so Some little fun.
0: Yeah, and and also, you know, I'm looking at the trivia uh, section in IMDb. Chuck Russell, who who directed the film, is a theater patron in the second row of the film. Yeah, so, that's right. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, uh, folks, you know, for, for those of you who uh, feel a little bit uh, nostalgic here, there's a lot of cool trivia for you to uh, snack on. By the way, you know, did you guys know that there's like a ton of like Stephen King references in this? The film is uh, rock salt uh, was dyed purple to create uh, the crystallized blob that that the priest yeah. has in the end of. The, he was fucking great, by the way. Um,
1: yeah, he was creepy. I liked
0: him. Right? He he was he was really creepy.
1: When I found out that they were remaking the blob again,
0: Oh, like why? I
1: got, I, I I honestly got very upset because I'm like, come on, dude! They did such an awesome job with the one with Kevin Dillon in it, why would you do it again? So there, are, there are a few movies who have remade themselves how many times, but there's always one you can't beat, and I'm sorry, you're not gonna beat that one. You're not no. gonna beat the 80s blob.
0: No, 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 I mean, I...
1: Every, to me, everything about it was the perfect sci-fi horror film. There was nothing wrong with the movie.
0: And, and like I said, you know, like like the effects, like given what they what they had to work with, I I I thought I thought it was perfect. Um, and
1: you know that you know that that was one one of the original films to show an on-screen child death, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I mean, that was really it, it, considered it, that was really considered taboo that was
1: taboo
0: to do that. Yeah. By the way, Reverend Mika and, is played by Mr. Del Close. Uh, who also had Del, roles? Okay. Yeah, he also had roles in The Untouchables and um, Ferris Bueller's uh, Day Off. He was that teacher who spoke really uh, slow, like in what way? Okay. Yeah. So uh, that that's Mr. Del Close. Um, okay. By the way, I'm looking at um, Blob Trivia, right? And um, under Spoilers, it's saying like the film's co-written by Frank Darabont. And um for those of you who know who who don't know Frank Darabont, uh responsible for adapting a ton of Stephen King shit, uh, worked uh, he's working on um Walking Dead or has worked on Walking Dead. So yeah, so I didn't know that he was uh he was part of this. Uh Brian Flagg is the is uh, is the name of the bad boy, uh is Kevin Dillon's um character. And right, right. Randall Flagg is um, known to have appeared in Stephen King's novel, The Stand. Made his first appearance in The, no- in, uh, in the Stand, and I guess Randall Flagg has has appeared in, in other stuff. Uh, n- not a big um, reader of Stephen King novels. Yeah, and actually, and what they're saying is, too, the homeless man is the, the blob's first victim, known as the Can man, which is a reference to uh, the trash can man in Stephen King's The Stand. Say that really? ten times fast. Right, trash can man in the stand, and
1: trash can man. Trash can man See, I in the stand. Have, I thought it would have referenced. I thought it would have referenced Gordy Farrell
0: from Cream Oh, good call on that one. I mean, look, it, like everybody's, you know, everybody's in, like, you know, this Castle Rock now, right? So, like, everybody's coming to the realization that everything, master fucking class, everything in Stephen King's world is uh, somehow. Tied together, yeah, so, so awesome. Um, Does anybody have uh, anything else that they want to add as far as The Blob is concerned?
1: No. I do one thing.
0: Sure.
1: If anybody out there is looking to get a great copy or version of The Blob on Blu-ray, look for the copy from Twilight Time. It may be out of print now, because Twilight Time goes out of print real quick. Okay. I managed to snag one the day it was released. Um, I have seen it go for like 60 or $70, but you could probably get it cheaper, and this was only about two years ago. Okay. So, but the Twilight Time release is top notch.
0: Very cool. All right, hey, that's a, that's a good piece of, uh, that's a, that's a good to know, uh, thingy over there. Yeah, so, awesome. so, I don't have a fancier word for it. So, that <laughs> is, that is our review of The Blob, um... I wanted to take a little bit of a step back and talk about another 80s uh, sci-fi, another favorite of mine. Um, of course, we're talking about uh, David Cronenberg's 1986 release of The Fly, starring none other than uh, Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, Return of the Fly. No, actually, that's Return of the Fly. I just wanted to insert the misfits. I love that I love that one, too. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, that is a good one. So we have the original... G. what is your take between the two of these films?
2: Well, I mean, generally, I'm kind of not a fan of either of them. (sighs) They're just kind of like, meh. I love Jeff Goldblum, but... Who doesn't? But generally... I know, I know. But, like, in general, the sound of flies buzzing around makes me want to stick chopsticks in my ears. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) I can't, like... it's literally called The Fly. Like, I'm just not, I'm just not interested. Um, what I will say about the remake, I mean, obviously it was different in a lot of ways, the effects being probably, like, the biggest difference. I just thought it was gross. And, like, to me, (laughs) obviously, by now, you guys can tell that, like, I like goofy, campy horror.
1: So let me, so let me, let me, let me think. You probably wouldn't like much of David Cronenberg's work.
0: No, you know, you know what piece of Cronenberg's work I think she would fucking love, and she hasn't seen it yet. Nightbreed, Nightbreed, and I think isn't Spider also a David Cronenberg uh, work? Spider with uh, Ray Fiennes? Yes, it is. Yes, and you
1: know what? Uh, If you're gonna go in that direction, yeah, it was Spider. A uh, history of violence... Spider, Spider, Easter something... You know,
0: Spider, you're mumbling, books. stuttering fuck.
1: you Spider, Spider. Give me a drink,
0: you stuttering prick, yeah. <laughs> um, you know Tommy? You can go fuck yourself. But um, I, I really think she would like Nightbreed. Because I, I think that's fucking... Yeah, I, I think that's master class.
1: It's a Clive Barker story, so you can't really fail on it. And with Cronenberg directing it, I mean,
0: come on, Yeah. You can't fail. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's, he's got a pretty decent. He has more than just a cameo in that film. He's he's got a pretty he's got a pretty decent part. Uh, I don't want to give yeah, away.
1: He's a, he's
0: got a, yeah, yeah, he's got a fairly main role. We digress. We're uh, we're, we're we're talking about the uh, the fly here. But so, I digress. No, yeah, but I digress. Uh, the Fly, nineteen fifty eight, directed by Kurt uh, Kurt Newman. Uh, written by uh, James James Clavell and uh George uh, Wranglin. Uh it stars uh, David Hedison, uh Vincent Price, much beloved Vincent Price, man after my own heart, Patricia Owens. Um yeah. I <laughs> think help me, help me. Um you know back then like that was considered like the disturbing scene, right, with a detective and uh it was his his brother, right? Or his brother-in-law. Uh, yeah smash him with a rock after he makes like his all, final his final uh, in all, metamorphosis.
1: In all honesty if you if, I mean if you like sit and watch it and you actually think about it it's still a disturbing scene.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean that's really that's the
1: You know when, when you really think about it it's like wow that that's fucked
0: up. <laughs> the original really played out like a like a crime drama right? Like there's all this weird shit going yeah. on and like And, like, the wife is just trying to... And, um, uh, Helen Delambre, played by Patricia Owens, she's really trying to cover up, like, all the crazy shit that's going on. Like, her husband is in the basement, basically full-on morph into a fucking... a fly. You know, like, first you see, like, the, you know, the hood over his head. Then you see him, you know, put the, uh, put, like, his food under the hood and, like hear these disturbing sounds, and she's like, oh my god, that's fucking disgusting. Like, look how my husband's uh-huh. eating. You know? And then, um, yeah. uh, you know, he frantically is like trying to like write, you know, on the board, like, you know, help me or, you know, fuck my life or, you know, whatever. And in the final scene, you know, she pulls it over his head. He's this big fucking giant fly head, you know, with the, with, with the big eyes. Like, <laughs> but in the, in the remake starring Jeff Goldblum, you know he's not he's not humble he's he's weird he's arrogant there's something cool yet creepy about him
1: yeah um, yeah he's uh, I, he's definitely a cool customer
0: yeah yeah I mean and he's got like these cool fucking pods that like he's he's built it's like it's not he didn't just discover it like he's discovered it and he's worked on it you know what I mean like yep. he's there he's on the precipice but like you know there's like some some failed. Uh, transport uh, experiments with the chimps. Right, he turns. He turns. Was he turns the chimp inside out? Uh, the the boy. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. It's just like a nasty scene, and. Yeah, I was messed up. Yeah, you know, while uh while in bed, he ends up you know getting uh, a microchip dug into his back, and then when he tries to transport himself, he gets transported with a fly. Shit gets real. The metamorphosis of Jeff Goldblum. It's god fucking awful. It's <laughs> yeah. god awful. I, mean, he... I, I want to visit
1: the Brundle. I want to vi- want to visit the Brundle Museum. This say what? You want know to about? No. Yeah, did you catch that at all?
0: No. The Brundle, the Brundle Museum. Museum.
1: In the movie, he caught. Call- Remember, he has all those glass jars that's got part of him in it.
0: Oh, you know, I was in comment about that. You he know.
1: Call- yeah. He calls it the Brundle Museum.
0: That's fantastic. That's fantastic. You know, <laughs> and in true science, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because in true science, scientific, you know, true science fashion, he basically makes himself the science experiment. Like his ears, yeah. his nose, his dick and balls are all in like the fucking cabinet. And he's like, look, I've preserved myself. Mm-hmm. I am, I am turning into this, you know, Joe, I, I kind of, I was telling G, I kind of wanted to see him do like fly stuff. You know, like like fucking belly flop onto like a table full of like barbecue.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, like, like like a real fly. Like some kid like walking into like be like mom, some guy kinda of looks like Jeff Goldblum just like fucking belly flopped onto like all of our food. You got to make new hamburgers. You know. Yeah.
1: There's a man bouncing off of our screen.
0: Yeah, I'm mean, gonna ask him if he was in Jurassic Park. <laughs> you know. Or just like belly flops onto you know like a pile of dog shit and like rubs it all over his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, but see, you
1: know, uh, I, I gotta say though, the, the Fly was the perfect movie for Cronenberg to do body horror. Yeah, Cronenberg is the king of body horror.
0: He is. I mean,
1: and the Fly, well, it was like, all right, I couldn't see anybody else doing the Fly except for now it's being remade. Oh. Uh, yep, uh,
2: I found that out too. See um, like, why? But I, yeah. I can't. Nobody see- needs a remake of, of the Fly.
0: No, exactly. no, no, no. I... Exactly. Well,
2: that's, you know, well they got that, and the reanimated remakes being done right now too. So mm-hmm. it's it's it's
1: gonna happen. We gotta suck it up and deal with it. But anyway, they, they honestly, I don't think they could have chosen a more perfect director for the film than David Cronenberg, because that is a body horror film.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, in in, in the final scene, right where he's where he's fully morphed into the fly. I mean, those are all practical effects there's no cg there's yeah. there's no ducking behind and that film held up so well as far as i'm concerned i'm not an expert in makeup but joe i mean you kind of are what were your impressions of how of of, of how that metamorphosis transpired
1: honestly it's it's beautiful yeah. i i put it up there with i'd put it up there with the likes of uh the transformation scene in American World War from London, which is an award-winning tra- scene,
0: another film that like that yeah, that held up so well. Yeah. it's
1: also being remade. But anyway, oh, but it, uh, it, I hold, I hold, yeah, yeah, I hold it up there with with stuff like that. It, it to this day, I could throw in the fly and still think it's an updated movie. Oh yeah,
0: I, I, absolutely. I think that's totally fair,
1: except for the computer, except for the computers, maybe. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. And the, ha- the hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> but that, to this day, that movie that movie holds up, and I think it'll hold up for a very long time. It's enough. You know, the, the practical effects were done beautifully. You know, honestly, I don't think you could fail with that movie at all. It's, it's brilliant. It's amazing to watch. It's creepy. It's messed up. It's gory. It's got everything a horror fan would want.
0: Right. I uh, I totally yeah. I totally agree with that.
2: That's all I have to say about that.
0: And that's all I have to. She has nothing to that. say
2: because we showed her up.
0: <laughs> what? Wah, wah. Sick burn.
2: <laughs>
0: um, I wanted to jump into our next film, and I wanted to talk um, uh, along the lines of more Stephen King. Uh, I want to talk about Carrie.
2: Let's talk about Carrie.
0: All right. Um. Word. So the original, done in uh, nineteen seventy six, uh, directed by Mr. Brian De Palma, written by Stephen King, starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and uh, Amy Irving. John Travolta's in this film. Uh, I don't know what I don't know why this sticks out to me, but the scenes with John Travolta, uh, uh, his character Billy Nolan. Beating the shit out of his girlfriend and his girlfriend likewise beating the shit out of him yeah. out of him throughout the whole fucking yeah. film is fucking hysterical. I, I know it shouldn't be because it's a really bad relationship. I don't know why that sticks out to me so much. You know, like like they're under the stage and they're getting ready to like pour like you know, pig's blood on Carrie and they're like they're fucking smacking each other in the face and stuff. You know, I don't I don't know what's so great about that. Um, I gotta tell you I hadn't seen this film in a long time. And then G and I watched it, you know, getting ready uh, for this episode. I gotta tell you something. In 76, this is a great fucking, you know, this is a great film for something that's been done in 76. I feel like it wasn't campy. It, like, it took itself seriously.
1: And you have to take it seriously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was a true horror film. You know, it took, it held no punches. It was a it was straight up horror movie. Right. You know, there was nothing there was nothing yeah like you said there's nothing campy about it. It was in your face. Right. Here's the problem. You're going to see it. Here's what's going to happen. You know? And yeah. uh and 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 they did it all with very little blood except for the pig's blood. With very little on-screen violence. Yeah, it, it still could scare the shit out of you.
0: Absolutely, I mean, shit doesn't really get real until until the end, where you yeah. know where Carrie, you know, is just pushed to her limits, and like that's it, that's the end. You know, her uh, her, her prom date is hitting the head with a bucket, right? And yeah. he's uh, I, I guess summarily really killed.
1: Get out! Feel for you know that, that, that I think that the biggest point of course and it's always been, it's been a lifelong problem, is bullying. Yes, yes. The effects, and the effects of bullying, and the, you're looking at something from from back then that was showing bullying that just just as harsh as it is today. And you know, it's just a different way of showing the effects of what happens when you're when you push someone too far.
0: Word. Yeah, that, that you know, that's, that's, that's why a very important Yeah. That's true. Yeah,
1: and it was done with such finesse. It's, 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 it's an, Carrie is an outstanding film.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you really it, get Brian to... Brian De Palma, I mean, come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, you can't go wrong with Brian with Brian De Palma, but but you're right, like, just to see, like... Just to see, like, Carrie's bullies get their comeuppance in just some of the most brutal ways. And, you know, these aren't exaggerated people, like... These little shits exist oh, in schools yeah. across yep. fucking everywhere, mm-hmm. and you know what? Yep. You always just want a carry somewhere. Everybody wants. Oh, I yeah. don't care. I wish I
2: was carry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know,
0: you can do this hands across the world. Let's stop bullying. Everybody wants a carry Absolutely. moment. Everybody wants a carry
2: moment. Absolutely. The
1: one thing with carry though is, at the end, when everything happened, she pretty much took no prisoners. Yeah, we
0: all want a Carrie moment, but you know, leave some people out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, whoever was in the auditorium, right, was. Um, yep. That was a wrap. Um, again, I'm, I'm yeah. going to revert to some IMDb trivia here. This is a uh, pretty cool. Uh, Carrie is the first novel from Stephen King that got adapted into a movie. Uh, apparently, Stephen King had visited the set often and asked out uh, virtually every girl, and uh, almost all of them uh, said no. To him, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of cool shit. Uh, Carrie goes to Bates High, which is a reference to uh, none other than Mr. Norman Bates from the uh, Psycho films. Carrie did did so well that it uh, it basically helped launch uh, Stephen King's name. Uh, the Palm scene where everything goes shit house um, required uh, 35 takes and took about two weeks to shoot. I mean, you know that's really impressive, right? I mean, they didn't really have. You know, what impressed me about particularly horror and sci-fi back in the 70s and 80s is they didn't have a ton to work with. Like, those things really tested your ingenuity. These big scenes where a lot of things, or a lot of crazy things are happening. Really yeah. tests one's um, ingenuity. And I feel like, I feel like Carrie just delivered. Um, Sissy Spacek was supposed to play a 17-year-old girl. She was 25 at the time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, Piper Laurie played uh, played us uh, Carrie's mom really really well. Um,
1: yeah, that that woman played a good nut.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, totally. And I gotta tell you something. Uh, Julianne Moore did just a good job.
1: She did such a good. Job. Oh, I agree. I lo- first of uh, all, I'm in love know. with Julianne Moore. I love her. Yeah, I would I would take that woman and leave any day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, she was fantastic and you so was Chloe Grace Moritz. you really really felt for her uh you know uh, Judy Greer plays her uh, her guidance counselor Judy Greer who um also is going to be playing uh Laurie Strode's daughter in the new um a Halloween film
1: she's set. very she's very good you know like a lot she's she's a very underrated actress
0: Judy Greer Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she plays uh, Miss uh, Desjardins, uh the uh the the, the counselor there. Yeah, she's going to be in Halloween. Yep. Um she's in that show uh, Married Babe. Is, is that the name of the show that's on Hulu that she's yeah, on? Married. Yeah, she yeah, she's really good in that. Um I got to tell you something. Excellent cast. Um I think it's a very serviceable remake. I thought it was a uh, I thought it was well done. And
1: the uh, the only thing that they did change but they changed it for the better because of our times is they made it more modern yeah you know people they did everything through the internet and the cell phones and stuff like that you know when they put with the video of Carrie you know having her period for the first time right uh, you know and all this but overall they didn't tear apart the story no which, which I appreciated you know what I mean it was a remake of a film but it wasn't you know tea for tea Right. It was it was done just I think it was done just right. Just right. It, because it could have teetered very easily on the birds of suck. Yeah.
0: yeah. But they,
1: they, they got they just they did it just right to where it was, okay, you know what? That's a good remake. A lot of people wouldn't agree with me there. A lot of people do not like it. But a lot of i I I've heard a lot read a lot of things on it. Um I happen to love Chloe Grace Moretz. I love everything she does. She's a great actress. Um, great actress. Yeah, I think I think so too. She's, and she's like the queen of remakes. She's in every friggin' remake.
2: <laughs>
1: but, they, they, a lot of people felt she was a little too, she wasn't homely enough to be carried like Sissy Spacek was. Yeah. She wasn't I'm... homely enough. She's, she's a little too pretty. You know what I mean? That kind of, you know, her looks, not her acting. Her looks right. it wasn't biased. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean you and know what? I I think I, I I people are coming from
1: with that. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, I, I it's it's definitely one of the better ones that's been around in the last
0: decade. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I totally agree. Uh definitely more than serviceable. It's um uh you could you could watch it uh with with repeat viewings. Uh, I, I don't I don't have an issue with this. I, I really I really enjoyed this one. You could you could tell they took great pains to uh, to keep the uh, the spirit of the original Carrie alive.
1: Let's yeah. not forget, though. One last point. Let's not sure. forget Carrie was remade once already, and it was terrible, terrible Which... with Angela Bettis. Oh, that's right. Oh yep. shit! It was a TV remake, and it was the worst movie. It was kind of like watching Psycho with with Vince
0: Vaughn. That's really a bummer because I cause, cause Angela Bettis has some fucking chops, man. I mean, she's really oh
1: Angela Bettis is great, but they, yeah. they you know she and and you know what she's got that homely feel to her. Yeah, she they she would have been. She, it was just the execution of the film was very poor.
0: That sucks, poor. dude. That sucks. Yeah.
1: So this is like one of those cases where a third remake
0: was actually you know called for. <laughs> yeah, no, you know. It, it, remake,
1: sorry.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, you know if you're gonna remake it, you know for the third time, if, if it's done right, I don't really have an issue with it. And uh, and yeah, and, and this one was done right, and uh, and kudos to all those involved. Hey, welcome back everybody. Uh we've uh we've walked our dogs, fed our bellies, cleared our throats. We are back in the home stretch with our final few films of the night. Um this is a special one and we're gonna have uh, Joey Caps kick us off with Maniac Give him hell, Joe.
1: Alright. Well Anthony you did forget to mention that I had a BM, but uh that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright. <laughs> oh, Clean our throats, our colons. I'm gonna get my
0: colon cleansed.
1: I'm gonna get my colon cleans. <laughs> <laughs> alright, Maniac, from director Frank Calhoun. Oh, uh, gonna... French guy. And one of the writers is, uh, Alexandre Aja. We've grown to love from a couple of his remakes, like, uh, Piranha, and, um, uh, the hills have eyes and of course his original film uh, high tension
0: uh oh, so, classic
1: yeah absolutely that's a great movie i didn't know
2: it was so, the same guy that's pretty cool <laughs> so we've
1: got frank Calhoun um decided to take a a bit of an artsy approach and remake or revision the original maniac in the first person which i thought was brilliant yeah you're seeing everything through frank's eyes frank is the character that elijah wood is playing he's the maniac uh in the original film his name he's got a full name it's frank zito the original was directed by um by mr william lustig so we got this fucking guy <laughs> going around town and he's and he's got a thing for women's hair still so he's going around town and uh Finds the one he likes, as usual serial killers would do. They stalk, they watch, they stalk their prey. Tracks them down, kills them, cuts off their, they, they scalps them. Takes their hair home, puts it on a mannequin. But these mannequins aren't just, you know, showpieces. They're a part of Frank's life. They're, they're they, they speak to him. They're women in his life. Every woman he's taken the life of takes the life of that mannequin which I, thought was a, I think is a great premise, it's, and it stands in the original. It's the same thing. Then we have, the, uh, I have it here somewhere, uh, the girl who plays Anne. Frank finally has a love interest, which uh, you don't see very often with serial killers. Uh, Nora Ar- Arnazita uh, plays Anne. He sees this young girl. He really digs her, and he actually becomes friends with her and tries to be normal for her but in the, in the long run it doesn't really work out the way Frank wanted it to work out it's really just it's a very artistic and more realistic approach to the film having done it in first person you know as opposed to the original which is a one of the ultimate slasher films right. in the 80s William Lustig was like a king when it came to slasher. I mean the man owns blue Underground I mean that you know, yeah. they put out they put out the you know, some of the greatest movies. I honestly, I gotta say, the original Maniac is still to this day one of my favorite movies of all time. I went to the premiere in Brooklyn. Oh, which I forgot to mention, Joe Spinell, the guy who played Frank in the original Maniac, he also was one of the writers of the
0: film. Of the, uh, of the, the original.
1: Of the original, no. He no. passed away uh, a while back. Right. I can't remember the date, but he passed away many years ago. He was in The Godfather and all kinds of movies. Hey,
0: he, um, he passed away young. Uh passed away at the age of 52. Oh yeah, I think he was only like
1: 40, I think he was only like forty seven when he died.
0: Fifty two. January thirteenth, ninety nineteen
1: eighty-nine. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So yeah, it's a while ago. Yeah, he was relatively young. Yeah. I got to meet Frank Calhoun and a few of the young girls that played victims through the film. Nice. And and I got to hang out with Elijah Wood.
0: That's cool. Now,
1: awesome. what was yeah, well I mean like, you know, of course everybody's thinking photo, photo, photo and I'm standing there like you are the new Frank. Holy shit, dude, that was so good. He really I did sold not it, yeah. think I did not think he could pull that off. But it turns out talking with Elijah, he's a huge horror fan. Huge. Yeah. And Maniac happens to be one of his favorites.
0: And I think he's really good at the avant-garde roles, you know, he's...
1: He is, and he is. This was a part. It, it turned out, honestly, it turned out to be, like, the perfect role for him.
0: Yeah, I, um, he was excellent.
1: It's strange watching a guy who's, like, five feet tall being a serial killer, but... <laughs> hey, <laughs> He really you know. is tiny. But, you know what, I gotta say, um... Do you remember the cover of the original Maniac? Can you picture it in your head?
0: Yeah, yeah, right here. With
1: Okay, with the legs and then the hand holding the hair in one hand and yeah, knife the knife in the other.
0: Got the knife in the other.
1: Uh, a lot of people didn't notice it unless you're a big fan. Uh, in one scene, after a kill in a parking lot, um, Frank. Like I said, you see you're seeing this through Frank's eyes. Right. So he finishes scalping a woman. He stands up and turns and sees his own reflection in a car. Now, all you see in the car is from his stomach down. And mm-hmm. it's the cover of the original
0: movie. <laughs> that's great. Which
1: yeah. I thought was outstanding. I said, you know what? You want to pay homage? That's the way to do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, um, G and I saw, this, saw, saw the remake once. And okay. for some reason, I remember sounds. And I just remember the sounds of the scalp.
2: Of oh, the scalps yeah. just
0: like crunching away and then fucking the, just after we watched it I was like you want to watch a comedy? I feel like the movie <laughs> the, the movie the sounds of the film just just got so stuck in my head.
1: Everything from when he's scouring his own hands with furlough pads you hear it I mean yeah. you hear it all.
0: Yeah I mean that it, was really an assault on, on when, your ears.
1: <laughs> the best to me the best scene was when he's with the, the the woman who's a little bit older. The art gallery, the woman who runs the art show. Yeah, and he follows her home. Right. Yeah, he's yes. on the, got her tied up on the bed, and he's on her back, and that's when he yells out, "I told you not to go out tonight."
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah yeah.
1: Pulls her head back by her hair, and they show in full force. That's when you, one of those few scenes in the movie where you actually see Frank's face. Yeah. And oh yeah. The camera's facing, and he cuts her fucking scalp off. It was. A Brutal. <laughs> Brutal. What I loved about it is that it goes from the first person to, to you know, seeing him on top of her. It's showing his emotions so much. He's laying on her and he's crying and, and like literally crying and calling her mommy. Yeah. Because she's uh, obviously, I'm guessing she was around his mother's age when, you know, because of the horrible things his mother made him watch. Right, She was a prostitute. A drug addict, and she made him watch everything she was doing. So, of course, you're going to be scarred. So when you see him as an older man, and you see this, this scene, that scene in particular, and him crying, calling her mommy, and then I warned you not to go out tonight, uh, which is a tagline from the original film. Yeah, He's talking to his mother. You actually feel for Frank, you know what I mean?
0: You do, you know, and I, I kind of wanted to take a broader uh, view of both of the films. You know, there's there's the original that takes place in New York City. Right, and yep. then and then you see the remake takes place in LA. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it I think both of these films in in, in some sense are really commentary on loneliness and Oh, big time. You know, and how loneliness and depression isolation could feed into something or make something worse. Look, I'm not saying that you know lonely people are going to go out and just like scalp fucking and stalk people. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like it's these films taking place in big cities just highlights how um, how lonely it can be to, to 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 live in these places. And yeah, uh, if you're if even, you're
1: even surrounded by a billion people,
0: yeah, you, you know, could be at, utterly alone. Yeah, and you, you know what's funny, I don't know what made me think of this, you know, watching the original, you know, you you, you, you kind of get treated to, like, what Times Square looked like, you know, back yeah. in the day, well, dude, you know, you look at Times Square now, right, like, people, like, fucking, you know, going out for, like, Asian fusion, they're, like, fucking throwing M&Ms all over the place, there's, like, you know, fucking people taking pictures with Elmo, Try taking yep. a picture with Elmo in Times Square in the '80s, and chances are that Elmo has his dick out.
1: Yeah, no shit. You know, people are like <laughs> no walking,
0: people are walking like neon steps to nowhere, like.
1: Back in the '80s is when we actually had grindhouse cinemas. Yeah. Which is what Maniac was—a grindhouse film. Hmm. Which, with the great thing about when I went to go see this, the, the, the remake, the premiere, it was at a grindhouse theater in Brooklyn. Which, which made it all that much better because like you know, there's a, still a living, thriving, grind out theater, you know? Yeah. It was called the Nighthawk, Nighthawk Cinema.
0: Yeah, uh we we were there not too long ago. As a matter of fact we saw We um,
2: saw True Romance. <laughs> true
0: Romance on, on oh, thirty five nice. millimeter there, yeah. Nice,
1: nice Yeah,
0: Nighthawk was a fun place to see movies.
1: Yeah. That is a really cool place. I mean you can sit down, have a beer and watch a movie. I mean I was I was a few beers in by the time the Q&A came around, so yeah. I was asking questions a little goofy. Frank Calhoun actually said, how many did you drink today?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, being, being one of my favorite slasher films of all time and going in worrying and then sitting down and watching to be what I think, what I feel to be the best remake ever done is just a feat I never thought I never thought
0: of, uh, any anything would reach, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and, and Maniac, you know, Maniac has such a signature on it. To me, the original captured what it was like to be lonely and isolated in New York. New York was really a dark, seedy kind of, you know, city.
1: Oh, it, it's, it's yeah, light the, the from time what it in is. the essence. Yeah. The it's, time in the essence is all
0: captured in the film,
1: yeah.
0: Absolutely. And Joe Spinell... I hope he's up there with the movie gods cuz he really did. He really did the character justice and and for Elijah Wood to, you know, I, I think that's really ballsy to to take on that project. Yeah. And again to show what isolation and sickness looks like years years later is a very big feat. And this was a really good movie. I don't squirm often at films. But uh, but but Maniac the remake with, with Elijah Wood really, really made me squirm. I really needed to shower <laughs> after I saw it. It's, it really it digs into your head, and you can't shake the sounds. This is, this is a fantastic film. Um, I'm, I'm glad we brought you on here to, to discuss this, because I know you're a big fan, and, uh, and kudos on the review.
1: The original, which is a grimy time, mm-hmm. and you have this all individual, uh, but, but it's also it's a bit of a commentary on the times, too
0: yeah yeah
1: look at how look at how Joe Spinell played Frank in the original, and look at how Elijah Wood played Frank in the new one. The way they played their role is you know a, and the cities they live in and the time they live in it, it all works together perfectly
0: it does yeah i mean, you know they, they they took maniac they made it bi Coastal, and the film the film works it's just as relevant as right. it is, uh, as uh as it was back then, very well done. Joe, great job with that. And whole this is this is one of my favorites. Guys, if you fall asleep, wake the fuck up because we are getting into one of I think this is a favorite of all three of ours, talking about Rob Zombie's holla fucking ween. Let's do it. Oh yeah. So uh, Mr. Rob Zombie decided to take on uh the, the Halloween franchise. Jay, oh. uh, did he do it justice?
2: Yeah,
1: for sure.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's coming hot off the heels of dead uh, no, it was it was the same wasn't it?
2: Was it off of Devil's Reject? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I Halloween, think it was yeah. His Halloween was in 2007.
1: Yeah,
0: it had to be off of Devil's Reject. I really feel like shit it's such a dark grainy fucking just brutal film i mean it really it goes into it goes into michael myers childhood and shows you just what makes a serial killer tick right it's got a fucked up family life he's got a mom who loves him but just like creates this environment for. he's got like a scumbag of his stepfather played by the fucking brilliant William Forsythe. You can't get any better than William Forsythe. Perfect for no, this fucking so role. He
1: plays the best degenerate
0: scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> he does. But then you know what? He could play a good straight lace cop like in something like Blue yeah. Streak, you know, like they don't teach you those kinds of things in the academy. <laughs> just fucking straight faced, you know. He could play a villain in Dick Tracy. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah. He could do no fucking wrong.
1: I just saw him on Hawaii Five O, the new show. Just saw him on there yesterday, and he was fucking awesome. Yeah, he played a, a private detective, a good guy. The man can do no wrong.
0: We have uh, uh Joe. You know, what I don't really know how to pronounce it. Uh, Dag Dag Farch.
1: Dag Farch. Yeah.
0: Brilliant, farch <laughs> Shut your farch <laughs> such, such a good, such a good Michael Myers, right? We, we get the whole concept behind the mask, how he hides behind, how yeah, he hides behind. I
2: really, really like that, right? You like see all the mask on the wall the, and the stuff, was, and yeah, and right yeah. from the very beginning on that that Halloween night, the clown mask. The kid was, the kid was brilliant. Oh, yeah, he was great.
1: I was really impressed. I was really impressed by by, by Diggs'
2: performance. And we can't no. skip over <laughs> my beloved yeah. Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell. Dr.
0: Loomis. Dr. Loomis. <laughs> uh, you know, Brad Dourif as, as Sheriff uh, oh, Brackett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking yeah. cast. I mean, you know, I, yeah. one thing, you know, you could say whatever you want. You have Tyler Mayne as Michael Myers, big, hulking individual. I got to tell you something. I... Uh, don't spare any expense of putting the boots to Sherry Moon Zombie. I, I just I, I don't get it. Uh, Beyond Baby, I <laughs> I don't really I don't really enjoy her work. I gotta tell you something. She pulls off. Debra I Myers. actually enjoy her as I
1: enjoy I her as, as Mrs. Myers. Yes, yeah.
0: excellent. R- uh, really really good job. Uh, Udo Kier, Morgan Walker. <laughs> Udo
1: Kier is a king in yeah. the horror industry. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. The cast that he chose is just ungodly, un- unbelievable cast that he chose for the movie. And yeah. you gotta love the zombie-, zombie, the love he has for horror shows in the people that he chooses to play cameos yes. and everything. Yeah, I mean, 100%. look at this
0: up and down: Danny Trejo, Bill Mosley, Leslie Easterbrook. I mean, he got somebody from the fucking police academy movies. You you can't go yeah. fucking wrong. You know what I mean?
2: And just just <laughs> yeah, the tone no of this shit. film.
0: The tone of this film was gorgeous. Like, I felt, yeah. I mean, the the original Halloween, it's a masterpiece, right? Without it, you you wouldn't have that. Sitting down oh, and bet. watching Rob zombies, you're uncomfortable all the fucking oh, yeah. time.
1: Yeah,
0: all yeah. the time you're uncomfortable.
1: Well, back in the seventies, I see that was officially the first horror movie I ever saw. I was a year old and I was in the theater with my parents, and I screamed my ass off. They had to take me home, <laughs> uh,
2: but.
1: Back then, when I was talking to my father and my mother, who never... She doesn't go to horror movies. Ever since J- Nightmare on Freak, she never went to see a horror movie again. Yeah. Nice. My father had... We talked about that at one point, the unsettling feeling. Mm-hmm. Back then, in nineteen seventy, you know seventy eight, that was just as unsettling to them as Rob Zombie's was to us.
0: Oh, yeah. You no, know, you're. Right, it is all relative, right? But it was unsettling to me, too. I had never seen a film where this... Person, he's just a person. Stalked somebody like the way, like the way he would just like rise up, just from being flat on the floor to just rise up like that, That and just stalk silently. Yeah, (laughs) gorgeous. That was I had seen I had seen Halloween before I ever saw the Friday the Thirteenth films, and what stuck out at me most is when Loomis shoots and he falls off the balcony, and then Loomis goes to check on him and he's gone. And then you hear the music. That yep. scene, I mean, you know, I had seen American Werewolf in London before that, but you know, that's a, you know, that's a monster flick, as far as I'm concerned, it's a werewolf flick. This was this was a film where the person was the monster, and yep. that fucking freaked me out. And it, and it was an unstoppable monster.
1: Yeah, and you're talking a, a movie that was made on I don't know what thirty thousand dollars. They actually brought their own leaves and spread them out during the day. And at night, and, and at night and after shooting, they picked them up and spread them in the other spot they were going to shoot in.
0: That's great. That's insane.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. They filmed on, on such small budget that they had to, They shot it in L.A. There was no leaves in L.A. They had to make it look like Illinois around Halloween time. <laughs> huh. So they carried around their own bags of
2: leaves. That's crazy. But, uh, That's fucking dedication right there. And a film that had no blood people that's right that's a good point will talk to
1: this way about how brutal Halloween was you'll hear people say it all the time and if you actually look back it's not <laughs> what? it's more mental you think you've seen more than you did right right
0: that's crazy Rob
1: Zombie Rob Zombie threw it in our face
2: well that, that's <laughs> his way <laughs>
1: yeah he threw it in our faces and he did it well
2: yeah
0: even 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 the mask, it's such a simple thing with the mask. It's a fucking William Shatner mask. Oh yeah. And to just take it and to just paint it white and maybe like beat it up a little bit,
2: you created this iconic character. I think that's the point, right? Because like, you know, think you of, know, that, I'm sorry, Joe. You know that
1: the original the original mask was a clown mask and they
0: scrapped it. Uh yeah yeah that that that's uh, that's correct.
2: It kind of goes back Which, to uh, what you said about the mask, right? Oh, what you were saying about. Uh, Sometimes your imagination is worse than what any filmmaker can show you,
1: right? right? So,
2: like, a clown mask, yeah, it's a mask, but it's still painted like a clown, so you can identify it and you know what it is. A white mask with brown straggly hair sticking out of it, like, it could be anything. It could be anyone. It doesn't let you know what kind of person is behind it. Right. Anyway. Hence hence the the
1: name of the shape.
2: Yeah, exactly
1: He wasn't Michael Myers, he was the sheep Because it was just a jumpsuit, boots, and a white mask Yep It was brilliant And the way, the way that Rob Zombie brought it on to us A lot of people, I've read a lot of complaints About them going back to his childhood
0: No, I, that's brilliant I don't, I
1: don't understand that, I thought it made the movie ten times better
0: I think so, I, I, I totally think so and, and and you know what's yeah. I, I think I think also I think Zombie used the soundtrack a little more, you know. To I don't want to say like 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 he didn't like weaponize it, but like there's the scene where um uh, uh uh Taylor Scott Compton right she's she's like fighting him, and she yeah. shoots him like like he like points the gun to her right is is, is that the scene, and she like screams and shoots him and then the fucking music goes. Yes. Shit like that gives me chills. I I love that, and and zombie did really well.
1: Tyler Tyler Bates did an outstanding job with that soundtrack. Yeah. And Rob Zombie's, of course, his direction and placement was
0: was perfect. It was um. That's one of my favorite remakes, and it's one that I've Gene and I have watched multiple times. Better every time I see it. Um, you
1: know what I love. Two is that they were able, to, you know, because a lot of the film, half the film, was his childhood. Yeah, and him in the institution. I love how they were able to take and do it well, the entire original film and squeeze it into only half the new one, that's and they point. did it well.
0: Yeah, that is that's a, that's a really good point, Joe.
1: I mean, for an hour and a half, you're. You know, half, half of that time, you're you're getting the entirety of the original movie squished down for for just that short amount of time, and and still pulled off what the original pulled off in an hour and a half.
0: Very impressive. So, so, uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> so that is our review of uh, of Rob Zombie's Halloween. Next up, I wanted to talk about another film that is just as if not more violent than the original. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, some Evil Dead. How's that? Oh
1: yeah. So,
0: Ooh. oh, <laughs> not a fan, are we?
2: I'm a hater.
0: Are you really? How come?
2: Don't hate. I, Don't I, hate on me. And this
1: is <laughs> no exaggeration. I've watched it twelve times, trying to like it. I still can't.
0: Well, look, I, you know, I, I could have saved you that. If you're not liking it after three, you're not going to like it after 12.
1: Nah. I, I, listen, I still tried. I even found a box set that was absolutely gorgeous, had the girl coming out of the floor and everything. And I wanted it, and I was like, why would I do this? Why would I buy this gorgeous box set with the movie I really dislike?
0: What was the issue, Joe? <laughs>
1: um, listen, I'm going to say that the gore and the scares were top-notch. Except for the end scene with all the blood spraying for like movie. It's kind of fair. It, it was lame. It wasn't exciting. I gotta tell you something. I scorned. I, 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 was, I, like I, I was getting excited in the theater. I kept getting excited. Oh man, here it comes. I know it's gonna happen. This is gonna be awesome. And then every time it happened, I went, oh. And I sat back in my
0: seat. I don't know, man. I You know, I love the original. Bruce Campbell fucking kills me. It's such a great film, but the, but there, in terms of feel and tone and pace, completely different films. First oh, of all, yeah, I, I I think Jane 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 Levy, is fucking brilliant. You saw her in Shameless. I guess as Mia, as the, as a female lead in this film, I think she's brilliant. I think she sells creepy and desperation, and she's a little funny, and she's tough. the The effects in this just freak me the fuck out. I like a lot of blood. You know, literally, you know, raining blood. Alright, you know, you want to get all Slayer about it. I guess it's kind of cool, but... I I mean,
2: it's cool because you don't see it a lot. I (laughs) understand the knock, though. But, yeah. I
0: get the knock, but I just like the whole feel of the film. I like the look. The violence is, like, turned up to fucking 5,000.
1: Yeah. Just that creepy-ass face. That's the one thing I did like. (laughs) <laughs> oh, when the
0: girl's fucking cutting her lips off! Oh,
1: oh Christ! Would you
2: cut, you and cut I, her tongue in half? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I know her coming up out of the cellar is like you know it. it it's a classic image. It's a classic part of the movie. In the remake, she's like taunting them. It's yeah. not like you get a glimpse of her, right? Like she like constantly kind of has her <laughs> her eyes in between the floor and the door to the cellar, right? And oh, she's just like so taunting them and shit. Spooky. Yeah,
0: it's it's creepy. I I really liked it. I, I liked really it liked it.
1: Too. I thought it was fun. I found like what well, like see you you found that cool. I found her irritating. Yeah,
0: yeah. really. Oh, I thought it was great. She
1: I I don't I did not like her at all as an actress either. Wow. Uh, so I I thought she was terrible. Uh, well, to me, she was the wrong choice for the movie. Um, Who would you put in it? Honestly, I don't know. I, I'd have to think about that one. I don't okay. know. But I didn't like her, uh and all the taunting and stuff like that to me it was really just annoying okay. um, Fair. Yeah. it was it was you know to me it was it was just overdone, and the violence was phenomenal the, the the gore and the violence was phenomenal, but to go from all that really cool gore and violence, the craziness yeah, to that end scene, which was cheesy as fuck.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: With that demon coming out of the ground and then, this, then sawing and all the blood spraying everywhere, raining blood. I was like, all right, you know, now you just did it. Because you did such a good job with all the gore and all the violence and all the, all the real horror through the rest of the film. And then this. Like, what'd you do? You, you you did a serious horror film and then decided to throw in Army of Darkness at the end? You know?
0: Oh, maybe.
1: It, it just didn't cut it for me. I I can't tell you how many times I... Jumped out of my seat like, okay, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, they're going to do this. Fuck. And I sat <laughs> back down. <laughs> you know, and of course, everybody thought her brother was going to be the Bruce Campbell role because of how he's dressed. Oh,
0: uh, see, um, that would have killed it for me.
1: What I did like is the car that's abandoned there. That's Bruce Campbell's car. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it's the, you know, the same house. I liked the summoning of the, with the Necronomicon. I like the, ne- the Necronomicon. I like the opening of the movie. Yeah. with the girl and her father's the one who killed her. I really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, it's great. I don't know. I think it's more of honestly, it, it may very well be just more of character choices that ruined it for me. Okay. I like the guy who does the reading of the Necronomicon, the blonde haired guy. Yeah, he was good. I liked him. Um, actually, he's the only one I like. Okay, there you go. All
0: right. <laughs> no, yeah, that's um, okay.
1: I do like. I do like when the girl was. With the, the nail gun, that was a
0: lot of fun. Joe, would that you was like? a lot of fun. Would you like the movie more if I told you that in the beginning scene, the uh, in the opening sequence that the uh, the gasoline that they pour over the girl is actually apple juice? <laughs> do, do you like the film more now? <laughs> do you know that it was actually banned in the Ukraine? <laughs> do you like it now?
2: <laughs> I, do I, 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 do. Yeah. I do
1: know that. I do. I did know the uh, for... For, for too much blood use
0: yeah <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> it
1: was banned I think it was it was the Ukraine for, for excessive use of blood
0: uh, Mia in the remake and uh, the main character in the original both wear Michigan State sweaters which is uh homage yes. to uh, Mr. Ramey from Michigan do you like the film more now?
1: No, just because, uh, just, because, uh, just because the chain fell on the floor and in the shape of the skull doesn't mean I like the movie uh, any anymore. All right, <laughs> tough
0: crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> and uh, with that, that is the J A H S review of Evil Dead, and we are on to our. This is next to last. It's uh, it's a goodie. Of course, we're talking about it. Sweet. Um, so. Sometime... Um, actually, you know what? Let me survey our little group here. Uh, who's read the book?
2: Not Anybody? I have. Yeah,
0: no, me neither, right? You um, have, I, have. What, I read uh... it when I was
2: younger.
0: Yeah, you know, I had started reading it, and it's like one of those things, where, like, I was on vacation when I started it. I put it down, and I never picked it back up. Hmm.
1: Um, like a 2,000-page
0: book. <laughs> all of his books are 2,000 fucking pages. <laughs> I, I I read yeah. Under the Dome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Under the Dome, The Shining, they're all, they're all huge.
1: Yeah, they're massive.
0: So a TV movie comes out in 1990. And there's, there's a lot of uh, fanfare regarding this. This is one of the films that uh, Stephen King fans were, were pining for. And, and they got it. Of course, we have uh, legendary Tim Curry as uh, Pennywise the Clown. Made-for-TV film versus theatrical release 2017. Again, I think we're just running into another situation where we're kind of comparing apples and anvils. It's really not fair to compare these films. I mean, there's really only so much you could do in the 90s with a a made-for-TV film. Tim Curry's fucking brilliant. John Ritter, Harry Anderson, amazing actors. The film comes out, blows everybody the fuck away, Joe.
1: Okay, when it comes to the original, we all loved it growing up. But when you know the story and you watch the original film, the original film didn't follow much of the of the actual story, the, the book itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it it fell short. It fell short a lot. It had the worst ending in cinematic fucking history.
0: Uh, uh agree. Yes,
1: it 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 is a creature. It's another it's a another worldly being. Right. Um uh, sorry, it's another dimensional being. But they they chose to go with, with the spider. Ugh. And honestly, that 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 probably ruined the whole thing. I mean I I haven't met one person that says, Wow, I had a great ending. No, everybody hates the ending of it. Everybody hates that fucking spider.
0: Yeah, um, very anticlimactic.
1: Tim Curry is amazing but overplayed Pennywise. He overplayed it. He made him a lot goofier than he actually is whereas Bill Skarsgård did just it just right. I got
0: to tell you something though. You know anytime I've ever read I've ever read Stephen King and i and believe me there's a lot of his stuff that I haven't read. But anytime yep. I've read um a Stephen King story there's always like this bouncy, creepy, kind of otherworldly nature about his characters. They're almost they're almost whimsical in a weird way. And I they feel are, like and, and I feel like Tim Curry Tim Curry I think nailed that a little more than Pennywise did. Pennywise is really demonic in the remake. He's 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 really supernatural. He's he's violent. Tim Curry's a little yes, more clown.
1: But, yeah. Yeah, but, so that's the thing. But it, like I said, he, he was fantastic. But he, he was, I think he went overboard with it. Whereas yeah. Bill Skarsgård did that perfect mix between amusing yeah. and horrifying. He was 50 50 where Tim Curry was 80
0: 20. Yeah, I mean, I, so I, I, I don't know.
1: More, I was more amused by Pennywise in the original than I was by this one. This one I was amused
0: and terrified. You know what it is? I, I I felt like I felt like Tim Curry's character felt like he was a little more on the human side. You know what I mean? So like he kinda had like this like this gacy kind of feel to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and he was kind of funny. Yeah, you think that's, that's a problem. The problem. I, don't know. I I feel like that was a selling point. I'm the, listen,
1: I'm not I I'm not shitting on him. I love the original hit. Yeah. But he is a demon. Right. You know what I mean. There is no, there's no human side to Pennywise. He is straight up, a straight up demon. Yeah. You know what I mean. Uh, the dead lights live within him. So to, to give to give Pennywise that kind of humanity, like they did in the original television series, like I said, it was just a little too much, too much humanity. Yeah. I too much humanity to it when you've got a straight up demon. Now, I think what Skarsgård did with it. Where he showed that funniness at the same time. He'd be all silly and goofy and, and right after making a joke, his face totally twisted to evil. Yeah. You know, and give you that dead fucking stare. Like, that was perfect. You yeah. told the joke, you didn't just laugh and disappear like, like Tim Curry did.
0: The opening scene where Georgie and Pennywise yeah. are talking yeah. is probably yeah. my favorite scene in, in the film. Period. I mean, it's so good. Like, you're kind of, like, holding your breath, like, oh, I fucking know what's coming.
1: In the new one, yeah, yeah. When he's smiling and stuff like that, and he's drooling and stuff, and you're like, oh, man, he's nuts. And then all of a sudden, his face fucking just goes dead. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, like,
0: like, either he's shitting himself or he's thinking really hard. Um, yeah,
1: exactly.
0: you, uh, Bill, uh, oh, dude, IMDb trivia. I'm gonna kill you guys with this. Uh, Bill Scarsgard, <laughs> when he was researching the, the role of Pennywise, he dug into uh, The Shining, Clockwork, uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, The Dark Knight. You know, I, I guess uh, Heath Ledger's uh, The Joker. So, uh, yeah. this kid's got the chops, kid definitely has, ha- has the chops. There's a scene in the movie that I love when um, Really quick, I I I forget I forget the kid's name, but he's in the library, and he's starting to, um, and and he's researching the um, the murders, and the librarian, you you get a shot over his shoulder, and there's the old lady librarian, and she's looking like really evil at him, like grinning like really ghoulishly.
2: Yeah. I felt like I was like the only
0: person who picked that up.
2: Yeah, I missed that the first I, time. And I'm like, around. oh my god, that I, scares the
0: fuck I, out of me.
2: I noticed that. <laughs>
0: and then the little headless kid comes down the stairs when he goes into like yeah. the uh the archives. Yeah, that was, that Jesus was Christ. Up. It was a that's a fucking great film. I oh, mean
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean I mean honestly, the only thing even though I really love the scene, uh, they should have used the scene from the original hit. The scene where they're looking at the projector. Yeah. And Manny Wise comes out of the projector. Yes. They should have used the one where they're looking through the book and the picture comes to life.
0: Oh, okay. And yeah, he, yeah, talks
1: yeah. Him through, he talks to them through the book. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. They should have used
1: that one. They should have used that one. I, 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 I liked that a lot more. I thought that would have been a lot more creepy. I wouldn't have changed anything else with the new hit.
0: No. Wouldn't no, have changed no, no,
1: no. the damn thing.
0: I gotta tell you, the the chemistry that the kids have in the Losers Club is just oh, fucking yeah. clutch. You know, uh, yeah, uh Jaden uh Lieber, Jeremy Ray Taylor, we have Sophia Lillis, uh Finn, Finn Wolfhard, all these uh Jack Dalen, uh, uh Jack Dylan uh, Grazer. All of these kids are are incredible. And now, of course, it chapter two is coming out and we have, you know, um oh, uh, the cast is so yeah, good. Bill Hader as, as Richie uh, Jessica Chastain is is Beverly Marsh. It's gonna be fucking great. You know they they brought back the entire uh, Losers Club from the first one, so we we know get flashbacks between the adults and the kids. But, you know uh, that
1: um, during the making of the film, the kids never. Uh, Bill Skarsgård sat in his tent, the makeup tent, yeah, by himself for days because they shot his scenes in others. You know at other times. Yeah. The kids didn't see him till the first shot they did with him. Wow. You know the scene inside the house? Yeah. yeah. When when he comes at them in the house, yeah. that's the first time they saw him. And from what I read, not only did it fuck the kids up real bad, they like a couple of them actually started crying. Yeah, he um, said,
0: they said like, like, like his drooling made the kid gag and cry. And, like, Scarsgard yeah, was like, oh, I, my God, you want to stop the kid's like, no, you're scaring the fuck out of me. Let's keep going.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it turns out that it also took a toll on Bill.
0: Yeah, like, apparently, like, he's all, like, he's fucking, he got, like, fried from...
2: Oh, he's, like, drained and, from, like, scaring little kids all day long? And probably scaring himself, and, and it Actually, well, and, and yeah, well, he, he changed his whole demeanor being Pennywise, you know. He had, it was this
1: whole other face that he's able to make yeah. that you can't tell it's Bill Skarsgård, you know? Right, um, right. But the fear he put in those kids really got to
2: him. Wow. He felt so bad. <laughs> because he made, that, he made that one kid, yeah, he made him sick.
0: I mean, he made him so scared the kid was sick and crying. Yeah, it's here on, on, on IMDb Trivia. Yeah, he admitted that uh, that his performance that. actually gave him
1: nightmares. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, crazy. At one point, at one point, I don't remember where I read it, they were afraid that he wasn't going to come back to be Pennywise again.
2: Wow. That
0: would have sucked. That would have been a bummer. Hey, uh, I mean, guys, uh, um, you guys want to hear something crazy? Stephen King actually had said that uh, this uh, he saw the screening, and I uh, said that uh-huh. the film had um, had ex- exceeded his expectations, and the producers had done quote a wonderful job unquote. Wow. So got the up? Stephen King stamp of
1: approval. Yep. On the uh, special features on the DVD, on the Blu-ray, he uh, mentions that he happened to have loved the film. And that doesn't happen very often with Stephen King. He tends to, he tends to hate everything people do with, movie, with the movies. And,
0: and, and you know, judging, judging by a lot of the Stephen King um, adaptations that are out there on film, right, a lot of directors just don't fucking get it, even if the films are good. Right. If, if you're a fan of the novel, and and even if the movie was good, sometimes like the directors or the filmmakers, they don't get the essence of... Stephen King's stories, to me, and I'll say this all the time, Stephen King's stories, to me, have such a unique stamp on them. They're written in such a way, they have such a tone about them.
1: Well, you know, it's funny, uh, they're also remaking Cujo, by the way. That might but not
0: be a bad idea. It, I'm, I'm, I'd be it kind it of compl- interested.
1: no. No, it's a completely different story. Yeah, it's called Cujo, but it's C. U. J. O. Uh, it's a remake of Cujo, but he's a police dog, and something goes haywire uh, with the cops. Like, I mean, come on. But anyway, do you know? Do you know what Stephen King's least favorite of all the movies is? The Shining. Yep. What what I consider to be one of the finest horror films ever made.
0: Yeah, and he fucking hated it. He hated it. He
1: hated it. It's cuz it's got it's it really has nothing to do with the book. But, Not like the book very much at all.
0: And you know what, I mean this isn't fair because it's Kubrick and like some other director, but uh they did a made for TV movie that actually Gene and I oh own. Oh my god.
2: Awful. They did a made for TV I was going to watch
1: that. I heard you you told me you said don't bother. Oh, yeah, fucking horrendous. It's terrible. it was fucking horrendous. It
0: was terrible. look, I'll let you judge for yourself, but I mean neither Was the
1: television movie though more like the book though the,
0: there were some scenes yeah that that were that were in the novel that but let me tell you something though you compare that to what kubrick did and it's like flaming you know flaming yarn or fucking <laughs> taco bell
2: i mean i never read the book but so i don't know if jack Nicholson's jack torrance is closer to the book than the than the tv movie that we watched But, like, Jack Nicholson, you see him losing his mind over time, right, as the movie progresses. This guy just seemed, the TV movie, I'm sorry, I don't have the info in front of me, I don't know the actor's name. Yeah. But, he was good, but he just kind of seemed like an asshole husband. (laughs) Like, just like a cranky guy who wants to, like like, doesn't give a shit about his kid and, like, smacks his wife around, like...
0: Stephen Weber, He
2: doesn't really... Stephen Weber. He doesn't... You don't get that feeling like he's changing and he's, like, losing his mind. You're just like, oh, he's a fucking asshole, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, gotcha.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he didn't really scare me, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I mean... Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: I mean, shining...
0: Yeah, shining no, I'm not gonna... gonna uh, you
2: guys said don't watch. I'm not gonna watch. I gotta
1: say... To this day, it is one of the finest remakes I've ever seen. It's up there, like top five list. It is on
0: there. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 a it's All a right. damn it's almost as perfect a film as as you're gonna get. And there were people who came out of the out of the word working like, oh, it didn't scare me. It wasn't scary. You know what? It's really hard to scare audiences these days. It really is. You're not gonna, I mean, everything's going To scare people. everyone. No, you know,
2: right. but,
0: but you know what like what's scary to me is you know may not be scary to somebody else you know what i mean i prefer ear than i do anything scary. else i thought it was oh like, yeah you oh know. yeah no there, there are scenes i was like whoa dude like that that's crazy man but no nah, uh great film uh looking forward to uh part two i i, I think it's gonna be uh I think it is going to, like Stephen King said, it's uh, film's going to exceed expectations. And I uh, can't wait for part two. Uh, we're going to move on to our final film.
2: Cool. Do it.
0: All right. And without further ado, last, definitely not least, uh, drum roll, please. <laughs> Joy to the world. We have 1990 remake of a classic, very near and dear to our hearts, of course, we're talking about the uh, 1990 remake, Night of the Living Dead. I don't know. This is... uh I think this film is probably my all-time favorite film. There's not enough things... This film, genuinely, every time I watch it, scares the fuck out of me. I cannot watch this alone. Um, I do not watch this alone. The makeup is fucking gorgeous. Tony Todd, Candyman himself is fucking Ben. Perfect. Tom Towles is Harry Cooper. Bill Mosley as as Johnny. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Patricia Tallman as as Barbara. Barbara is not the catatonic weakling that she was. You know that that Barbara was in the '68 film. That was um, at
1: first you think she is.
0: At first, right, at first you think she's going to be, like, just like this, you know, fall over herself character that uh, Judith O'Day so perfectly played. She's not. She's, you know, it, it's different times now, right? And, How about
1: that? Is he dead? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does he look dead to you? Look at his back. It's fucking perfect, right? Like, you like you expect her to just, you know, uh, P- uh, Patricia Tallman's Barbara. You expect her to crawl into a corner, right? Yeah. And just yep. be catatonic and kind of let, you know, Tony Todd's Ben just, you know, play the, uh, but he's not, you know, he cries too. He, you know, he's, he's recalling what he saw in horror and, yep. you know, Pat Tom's kicking ass, you know, with, with the fucking fire poker. And she's like, you know what? Get the shotgun, get fucking uncle Regis overalls, put the boots on. Grab your, your cocks and socks, and let's fucking rock and roll, motherfuckers. This is perfect. Savini fucking nails this, and it's brilliant. I don't know. I just, uh, I get emotional with this fucking movie. I, I, I know maybe I'm just hyping it up too much, but to me, this is remake perfection. This movie's fucking gorgeous. From the makeup, to the sound effects, to the overall eerie feel... That this has. They're being stalked by people who are dead and weak. You know, you can run past them. But there's something so fucking ominous and so scary and so claustrophobic about what happens to these people. Right? And it's kind of also about how men are such fucking lame-brained idiots that we can't even, like, just hunker down in a house and fucking like conduct ourselves like civil people like even when you're surviving you're still fighting each other could you be any more of just a dick swinging fucking moron right you you, you need Barbara to do everything I mean it's this film's fucking perfect to me like if I lost every film in my fucking collection and was left with the Night of the Living Dead remake I'm okay because this is this, this is horror movie perfection hey everybody so that's going to conclude our uh remakes uh episode we had a lot of fun doing it Uh, it was a lot of fun recording it uh gina did not have so much fun uh editing at least she says she did but uh, a lot of work, a lot of uh, attention to detail went into it. She spent a lot of, uh, of her personal free time doing it. So uh, love you, babe. I appreciate it. Uh, love you too, Joe. I know you were battling a chest cold the night that we recorded. You were also uh, trying to help uh, your wife put Hunter to bed. I really, really appreciate your, your time. Your contributions to the show are, uh, are, are immense and, and endless, and, uh, and, you, and you do so and you expect nothing in return. I appreciate it. Um, so, if you want to contribute to the show out there, a listener, you could do uh, so in a number of ways. One, you could actually donate to the show. That's right. Uh, we don't like to call you guys donors, we like to call you all uh, more uh, financiers. And you could help finance just another horror show. Uh, for as little as uh, 99 cents a month, or there is a middle tier for $4.99 a month, and then there is the big nuts, big Willie McGee, $9.99 tier. Look, let's go. It's it's $5 and it's $10. I'm not going to split hairs and, and lie to you all out there. That's what it is. I understand, you know, things are tough on the streets. It's, uh, it's hard to donate that kind of money. Uh, so we understand that. But it'll actually go to a pretty cool cause. Uh, Gene and I are looking to save up to do cons and we want to do a YouTube show and we want to buy some new uh, recording uh, visual and audio equipment and, uh, and, and take this to new heights. This way you'll all be able to uh, not only hear us, you'll be able to see us now so uh we have that on the horizon that stuff costs money and uh and uh, whatever you could spare we'd appreciate it uh even more so please call into the show if you can't donate money that's fine donate time donate your voice let us know how we're doing let us know how we should be doing uh let us know what we could be doing and and we will definitely listen because uh without you all we're just shouting out into the void and and we want to know what you think so um Leave us a little voicemail. Anchor lets you do it. Um, it doesn't have to be long. It can't be long, as a matter of fact. So, if you get the chance, please do that. Um, also, please uh, comment and rate us. If you do that, you actually push uh, the podcast up to be more noticeable. Uh, you'll make us a little bit more visible, so more people could find it. More people who find us, more popular we get so uh having said all that uh for g who is at work right now for joe who is somewhere out in georgia doing uh joey things uh love the both of you uh very dearly and uh, and i appreciate all of the work that you all have put in and we appreciate you the listener so uh we will see you for our next episode episode number eight is gonna be our shorts episode gene and i are gonna be reviewing our top 10 favorite most scariest shorts we hope you tune in and uh we hope to speak to you all again i love you guys take care bye